Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to The Black Box. Welcome back to the Black Box. I'm your host, Sean Pryor. As promised, I promised the people I would give you an episode before New York Comic Con dropped. And lo and behold, here we go. Here it is. You heard the prelude to Compton on the previous episode. If you haven't, I suggest you listen to it. It's a shorty. You'll have a good time with it. But on this episode, you will hear the following people. Myself, Taylor Pithers, Julian Lytle, and Tribe One as Team Tundra reunites to talk about Compton. Watch the Throne, and Straight Out of the Compton, the NWA biopic. Now, before we get to that, as a reminder for those attending New York Comic Con, I will be on two panels at New York Comic Con. The first one is the Black Comics Month uh, Diversity and Comics panel, Thursday, October the 8th, 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., room 1A18, uh, hosted by at Miss Carol Vixen of BlackComicsMonth.com. Um, also on the panel will be featured uh, David Walker, Afua Richardson, Steve Orlando, Jeremy Whitley, Mildred Lewis, Mickey Kendall, Christine Den, and yours truly, along with uh, Chad L. Coleman from the Walking Dead television series, and I believe one other special guest. It's a loaded panel. Come on out uh, Thursday night, 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., room 1A18. I will see you there if you're going to New York Comic Con. I'm going to be on the panel. Going to have a good time. Now, the other panel that I'm on is the Action Lab Entertainment 5 Years and Beyond panel. It is from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Saturday, October the 10th, room 1A05, which features Jamal Igle, the creator of Molly Danger. He also drew Supergirl for DC Comics and many other comics also, including Venture with Jay Ferber for Image, and now that's being re-released by Action Lab. Um, Vito DeLasante, who is the creator of Stray. Yours truly will be on the panel, as well as Brian Hess from The Book Awake. And Enrica Young from The 27 Club, Kyle Puttkammer from Hero Cats, and the CEO of Action Lab Entertainment, Brian Seaton. Also, I plan on making two very special announcements at this panel. Um, as many of you may know, I used to used to work for Action Lab. I was a co-founder of Action Lab Entertainment. I was president from 2010 to 2013 and stepped down from my administrative roles with Action Lab in 2014. And I am returning for the reunion to drop two major announcements on this panel. So also, I'm going to also be giving away um, two, um, I'm gonna have two special giveaways too. So if you come to the panel, there's a good chance you're going to get something real cool. So please come to the panel. Got plenty to discuss. Uh, that's the action lab five years and beyond panel Saturday, October 10th, 3 PM to 4 PM room one, a zero five. I hope to see y'all out there in New York comic con. If you see me, you know, holler at your boy, be cool. Because like I said, like I know some of y'all listen to the show. I may not know you, just be cool, be calm, I'll be cool, I'll be calm, everything will be good. But um, y'all be safe on your trip to New York, and be safe while you're up there, if you're going. And for those that aren't going, enjoy this episode, the Team Tundra reunion for Compton 
watch the throne and straight out of Compton. Peace. It's been a long, long time since we got the family back together because of a special album that dropped a few weeks ago. Um, I got some tweets and they wanted to know when Team Tundra was getting back together to talk about Compton because they need some answers. And so I was like, yeah, we need to get the family back together. So I hit up the email circuit and right now on the call, Team Tundra has reunited again. And we're going to talk about some Compton. We're going to talk about some other stuff, too. But um, let me let me run down the Team Tundra family. On the line right now, um, this gentleman is an artist. Uh, he is known for the webcomic Ants. He is also one of the curators and creators of Long Boxes on 22's, the original hip-hop and comic covers website, along with uh, Sean Cosley and yours truly and a slew of others. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is the multi-talented, also podcaster of Ignorant Bliss. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Julian Lytle. Oh, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? The team's back together because, you know, I'm so cold that all, <laughs> so the polar bears, all the polar bears is knocking on my door trying to find a place to live. Also on the line, um, this gentleman has been on the Black Box a number of times. He's over in the UK. He's good people. He's family. He's a hip-hop aficionado. He loves his sneakers, but in the UK they call him trainers. He couldn't get a pair of them new Yeezys. But, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Taylor Pithers. What's going on, guys? What is going on? Oh, man, glad nice to have to you see, back, dog. Nice to see Team Trump Tundra back together on some... <laughs> like, forming... <laughs> looking good, smelling good, feeling good. Things are looking up. Yes. Last but not least, um, this gentleman is a well-established hip-hop artist. You have heard his raps in many places. He's been on tour with MCs such as Adam Warrock, MC Chris, a slew of others. And as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he currently has a project with um, Michael Hill um, at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tribe One. Tribe, how you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. I am so glad to be back because I have some opinions about things that need to be shared. And I, and I feel like uh, you guys have some opinions as well. Yo, we, we do. I look very much forward to hearing them. Oh, I've got a funny feeling today, Tribe, that I'm, you're going to be leaving this cool sortie after a few of my opinions. <laughs> Specifically you. I was thinking mainly about you. But okay. we'll, we'll just leave it there. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So we are here right now. The primary focus of this conversation today is about Dr. Dre's Compton, a soundtrack by Dr. Dre. Um, he announced on the Apple Music app uh, through his uh, The Pharmacy with Dr. Dre show that, because um, there was an episode with him and Ice Cube and F. Gary Gray. The prelude. Yes, the prelude. Straight out of Compton. Yes. Or, you know, Beats One Radio. They get plugged for no reason, but that's my shit. It's the only radio to play rap shit all the time. That's yes. not on the playlist from Clear Channel. Yes, amen. amen. Shout out Julie Adenuga as well, keeping it London. <laughs> yes. And so on the prelude, the prelude to Straight Outta Compton, that's when Dre announced that he um, was so inspired by the Straight Outta Compton movie and being on the set and seeing everything that was jumping off that he decided to make this album and this would be his final album. And he got all these, got all these cats on the record. 
You know, well, so just just straight up detox is not happening. No, yeah, he no, said it's no, whack. Gone. He's like, I can't put it out. He's yeah, like, nah, it's yeah. He said that specifically. He said that specifically on the pharmacy. He was just like, the reason the reason why detox never dropped is because he's just like he didn't like it. He's like, I put all this work into it. He's just like, I wasn't feeling it. That's why he never put it out. Was, you know what? I, I respect that. I do respect that. Because I Need a Doctor was going to be the first single off Detox. No, I thought it was Kush. I thought Kush was supposed to be the first single. Okay, well, okay we've been what? hearing about Detox for like 12 years. So there's a many first <laughs> singles to Detox. <laughs> Look, either way, I Need a Doctor was whack. Like, but, I just want to get out of there right now. That was some bad music. But, but Kush, Kush was the shit, though. Yeah, like, yeah, that is true. Kush was the shit. Like, I will fuck with Kush. Like, hell, you got Nate Dogg, Akon, and Snoop on the track. So I'm just like, yo, Kush was dope. Like, I'll give you Kush. So, like, people can't disrespect that song. I need a doctor. Yo, that's give or take. But, no, we are here right now to talk about Compton. 16 tracks deep. It says slew of artists, including artists like I never really heard of, but some also some familiar faces, too, and some un- unexpected people as well. What we're going to do, we're going to run down the line as far as we're going to do like just quick opinions on what you feel about the album. Then we're going to start talking about certain tracks. I just bought California. The mother states ain't far behind it either. I remember selling instrumentals off of people. Millionaire for the headphones on the speakers. I was getting money for the internet. Still got Eminem checks. I ain't open yet. MVP shit. This is where the trophy's at. D-R-E. This is where the dope is at. The world ain't enough. It God damn it, I'm too old, I forgot I got it all But Andre young enough to still get involved And Andre still young enough to say fuck y'all Fuck you, fuck you, and you in the corner too You wanna be, make sure that there's something you wanna do It's the missing people that felt that way too I don't know everything But one thing, one thing I do know One thing, one thing I do know I'm going to start with Tribe. How did you feel about this album, sir? I actually loved it. When the the first song, Talk About It, came on, I was a little worried because it sounded a little too auto-tune-y, like too future-influenced, for my taste anyways. But then as soon as Genocide hit, uh, which is track three on the record, it's like, okay, cool, we're going to get into some West Coast rapping. And then Kendrick just fucking crushes it like he does on every song that he's on. (laughs) Uh, and there was there was a couple of things I thought were questionable, like loose cannons. The skit at the end of it, I thought was tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Eminem's verse towards the end of the record. There's some good stuff in there, but he's got a rape joke in there, which is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just some stuff like. I'm sure it'll come up later, so I'm going to save some of the, the more detailed stuff. Overall, I love the record. All right. Cool. Cool. Taylor, what about you, sir? Oh, man. I'm so sorry, Tribe. <laughs> We're just right. going to come out the gate. Swinging. Okay, okay. Right. So, so first off, right, I'm, I'm in total agreement, you know, the rape skit and the, the Eminem lyrics. No, not the rape, the, the dead girlfriend whatever it is skit like i've kind of flicked through that quickly so anyway they are in poor taste they're in particularly poor taste um i have been giving it a lot of thought recently do we all agree that 2001's a classic yeah 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 yeah, yeah we're yeah. all in agreement there 2001 is a classic record yeah do you guys think that if 2001 come out this year 
there would be a large amount of shade thrown at it because the rape joke and the dead woman skit is pretty much most of 2001 with some added pimping and some extra misogyny. Like the best tracks for me, sounding on 2001, are explosive and fuck you. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think either of them tunes would fly in 2015. So, whilst I'm in agreement, listen, you can't be doing that, especially nowadays. It is kind of par for the course with Dre. You, you've heard these records before, and I kind of hear what what he's going to say. Regardless of that, I do like the record quite a lot. I think it's, um, I think it's fantastic. Oh man, I don't know how I'm going to say this without getting hated on. I <laughs> say some serious. I gave some serious thought to my top ten records of this year, and I wrote them down. And uh, Compton sits somewhere between number three and four. Um, and that is three steps below 56 nights by future. There you go, I just said it. I'm really sorry, Trav. Yo, 56 nights is bang, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, bang, no. I, I, listen, I've kind of got to a point, I, I, I'm, I'm coming to terms with it. I can hear that the, the silence tribe is deafening, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to. Compton is probably the best record of the year so far. Is it the record I've enjoyed the most? I would have to say probably not. Like, uh, listen, I, I was listening to Compton solidly for four or five days. We're back to 56 nights. March Madness on repeat for about an hour and a half. I've listened to that song about 300 times and I'm never going to get bored of it. So, I don't know, maybe I've just got a bit more in touch with my id as the years have gone on. Um, but it's still a great record, fantastic record. Um, as Sean said earlier, a lot of new artists on there. Uh, one in particular, I'm sure we're all going to talk about, is uh, Anderson. Is it Pack? Park? How how are we saying his name? I was pronouncing it just Park P double P double A K. Park. That's how I was. That's how I was pronouncing it. I'd say, apart from the obvious Kendrick um, influence on the record, I'd say that he's got the strongest influence on the record. Look, I'm going to leave it there because I could talk forever about uh, how much I prefer Future's album and I don't really want to do any <laughs> friends today. So I'll just throw it off to Julian. But listen, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really good record. So I listened to it the first day, you know, because, uh, you know, the Apple Music Life. And I was actually pretty surprised because, you know, I was I know a lot of people love Dre and I like Dre. But, yo, you made me wait over 10 years for an album, B. Like you, you got me sitting here like like you like you Guns and Roses, and I, <laughs> and yo for real, you know there's some other producers that be they came and fell, you know even you know Timberland he was out in the '90s too, he did came up, fell back down, dusted himself all come back up again, mm-hmm. but um, so I was surprised, I was like oh he coming out with an album, oh it's gonna be on next Friday, boop, 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 boop. I was like okay. All right, I get to the little first track after the little in- little intro. I was like, okay, it's got some banging in it, and then I get to genocide. I was like, oh, okay, this this is where K Dot starts ghostwriting for for Dre right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, all right, this is, hmm, oh, then it goes to the end. See, the best part for me, I think this is by far the best engineered rap album of the year. Yeah, like sonically, you put that joint on, and I think he put some special encoding so that like certain sounds come through better on his own earphones. And I'm like, yo, for real, bro? Like, yo, okay, this is good. This is, oh, 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 yeah. So to me, it's by far 
It's the dope. It's the dopest dad rap album of the year. Like that, that over fifty grown man rap. Like we have a good grown man, grown man rap album since Kingdom Come. Like on some like I got, got like retirement plans and and and, and boats and shit album for a minute. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This is, this is it. Like this is it. It got that West Coast feel. He got like a lot of love to to Easy. He's showing out a lot of love to the. To, to the young people, to the young artists out there. He got Marsha Ambrose on half the album. I still don't get why she's on half the album, but it sound good. And yeah, it's my, it's, I don't, I don't know where it places on my top 10 list because we still got a whole season left. Yes. And I don't like to make those declarations until I get everything on the table. Yeah, but, so, so far, sorry, so far. Yeah. But it's okay. clearly, it, it, got, it got two songs on my summer playlist, you know, it got mm-hmm. that, it got that for the love of money. By far, I wasn't expecting the flip of, a, of some bone thugs. On my album, hmm. but that when I heard that shit, I almost fell back in my chair. I was like, I was at work. I was like, ugh. I was like, that whole like bruh joint meme came out in real life. I was like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lord. Say what's up to the broke nigga at the rich party. Woo. Who the fuck let this nigga in? Do it look like I give a fuck? Sorry. Yeah. Looking at these hoes and they go, nigga, gorgeous, trying to get me. Woo. I run game on a bitch in one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah. Flint nigga in the spot till they pop one, then the cops come like. Woo. Motherfuckers out a shotgun like a pop gun, then they ready like. Yeah. Civic good nigga, I'm a north side nigga till I'm gone. Woo. Do it for the ones in the hood like kinda gone, put the city on. Wait, fuck that shit, nigga, fuck that shit Go. This for my hood, look, this for my blood Ride for the hood, got a spillin' like pot Ain't got shit, but I still feel good Nigga can't take what a nigga don't got Go hard in the paint, you can tell I'm post up Homie in the hood, like, let me host up Your man's in the hood, talking all that shit When they ran up on them, little buddy froze up All they be talking, but they sayin' nothing Niggas be talking that they what they want Ain't no fake shit around here, cause my nigga My city is really as real as the fuck I be killin' this shit, I ain't giving a fuck You lovin' the bitch, she get hit in the truck You think it's so crazy, this how I grew up So this for my people who what are we doing here? Yeah. And I was like, damn. But yeah, that's it's that's one of the better side that's one of the better releases of the year, but by far 2015 is a super strong year. Question. <laughs> well, not only that, but I think some of that also plays into how the album was released. Because if we've all noticed like a lot of stuff like especially like this year and last year a lot of it's just been with album releases surprise i got this record and normally because you're not prepared for it you know like i think you there's a different i think there's a different level of enjoyment when you get it and it's like you know akin to the whole d'angelo and the vanguard album when that dropped I, I need. I actually, I need to do, do an episode about that album because that album's fucking phenomenal. But that's just, yeah. that's that's my that's my opinion. But let me state my opinions on, on Compton real quick because Julian is the gentleman that got me hip to Apple Music. He was like, "You need to put this on your phone. Let's get caught up." I was like, "Fair enough." <laughs> and so I do so, and like I get the subscription, and so now I'm listening to like a lot of different things. I was like, "Let me get this new Jodeci album and be scared." And um, I was a little nervous about that, but that's another story. Anyway, he hits me up and he's like, yo, Compton album is available. Go listen. I was like, bet. I walked into it. I didn't know what to expect. 
And from a production standpoint, like I'm not even going to get into the lyrics. I'm just going to talk about the production right now. From a production standpoint, it's damn near flawless. Yeah. Like, like this is you know this is what we mean by like you know Dr. Dre being like a producer. You know what I mean? Like, like we all know he's a producer. So I'm not really. I don't care who's writing his rhymes. He is a producer. But you know, but he can entertain you when he rhymes. But even though somebody else writes those rhymes, I don't give a damn. Like it is produced so well that I've listened to this album on different types of sound systems, and it's a different sound and a different feel on every single system I've listened to, and I've got different experiences from all those different listens. There's not a lot of albums that can do that. I have to give him props on the production alone. Like, this could have been an instrumental album. Like, shit, this is the greatest thing on earth. I bet you there will be an instrumental version of this. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. He dropped, the, inst- he dropped the instrumental for 2001, which I bought. Like, yeah. I was just like, I have to have this. Because the production on that was nice. So, uh, honestly, like, like when, um, when track two came in, talk about it. Like, and I was like, yeah, and I know this isn't quote unquote West Coast. But I was just like, Jesus, this beat is banging so hard. How can I not like this? You know, and I was just like, I just didn't expect it. So I was like, who's this justice dude? Who is King Mez? I was like, who are these cats? And so, like, it just kind of like pulled me. I was like, damn. And then, like, the hook comes in. It's just real somber. I was like, shit. Okay. I was like, you got me. But, like, with everybody else, when genocide hits, like, I was at work when, when the beat for genocide dropped. And, like, I literally just shut my office door and I sat down for like five minutes. <laughs> sat down i was like i need to be left alone with this i need to be left alone with this because this is i need some me time yeah exactly (laughs) i need me time i think like for me and when we start getting the songs like my song was it's all on me that song like for some reason like that the beat and there's something about that song that like i could just replay that all the time and maybe it's a personal song for me i'm not 100 sure i think i think it is but no that was my favorite track too you know it's all on me that song really means something to me. It's one of my favorite albums this year. Like for me, I'm always playing a game of catch up when it comes to music and film, you know, and television and everything else because there's so much stuff every single day dropping, you know, in all these different f- formats and areas. It's hard for me to keep up with all of it. But this is like one of those things I was like, I have to listen to this right away because, like Julian said, how long did we wait for detox? Yes, I know Dr. Dre is not a vending machine. But he was like, yo, detox is coming. So 
to get this, I was like, yeah, man, this is great. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was that Eminem stuff and the and, and that. The, uh, I got one feeling that. But I will say this, though, and I'm going to start flipping to the songs. We're going to talk about these songs. I didn't expect Snoop to bring it on One Shot, One Kill. Yeah, okay. Oh, he fucking crushed that shit. Yes. Yes. Like, I... I always do on, on Trey albums, though. Think that's true. It. That is true. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, like... It got me like it got me so hot. Like 2001 brought Snoop Snoop back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. It's very, very true. I was just like blown away. I was like, damn. I was like, yeah, Snoop still got it. You know, I'm like, Snoop can do whatever he wants to do. You know, he can switch up his styles, change, like do different genres. That's fine. He can do whatever he wants to do. He's been around 20 years. He has the right to do whatever he, he whatever he wants to do. But when he dropped on one shot, one kill, I was like, yeah, man, Snoop, you ain't got shit to prove to nobody. <laughs> nobody. And yeah, like what Julian said, the whole use of um, Marsha Ambrosius, when I saw like her on the track listings, I was like, what Trey know about Marsha Ambrosius? You well, know, she's on off she was signed to him. Oh, okay. He put that mean put the he do it right. Yeah, he didn't do it right, really. If you really mm. look at it, like she's she been putting out joints for years, ain't really pop. And it's just like I think that was like a like like yo, yo, you you need to be on a platinum joint. This is, people can fake. Like this album will be probably gonna be, be freaking platinum easy. Like they want people want to talk about like it only sold this, like nah, you think Whatever, like, first of all, they're going for spins anyway. Yeah. You, you know the deal with this album, yeah? 25 million streams in the first week. Yeah. Mm. Jeez. And now wow. they're saying it only sold 300,000, but the first time I heard Apple say, like, actually, they, they sold, like, uh, they sold gold. Yeah. So now I'm getting, like, is Billboard doing that bullshit numbers thing again? Or, like, whatever. That joint, that joint get people checks. Like, yeah. This is the this is the, probably the biggest release Marshall Ambrose has been on. Yes, I agree. Easily, I agree. Yes, because I got some of her solo albums. Her solo albums are nice, but this is the biggest thing she's been a part of. Period. So to get her on multiple tracks, I was like, man, this is dope. And not only that, though, folks can front on Ice Cube all they want, but when he came, when he came out, I was just like, I was like, all right, Cube, you done made me happy. Cause he ain't rapping with that weird post like. Players Club flow. Right. That's what that's what messed Cube up. Yeah. He changed his flow up. Full clip. Ammunition. You don't want to deal with these fucking consequences. 
boys should tighten up a whole lot. I got some niggas with me down for running up in your spot. And these niggas got hatchets and ratchets. And some of them lethals are burnt to the mattress. And matter of fact, this is a chance to show my lifestyle out to the mass. But chances are, I might get another negative react. Think I'm a fraction, but I fuck some up like battery ass. I give a fuck what you think, nigga. This is my passion. Survive through the time. You know my name. You know my reputation. You know what it is. I don't need to get no explanation. When you say my fucking name, add exclamation. Los Angeles King now. Make your bitch bring crowns. For me and Trey. You don't like it? You can let. Think I'm quiet because I'm acting. But my bank account gon' say, Fuck you. Respect it from SoCal out to the back. Catched a lot of checks this morning. Guess the day was a good day. No one leave me down. And wake up to gunshots in this crazy town now. Ooh, good morning. And I sleep as the phone. So when he came back with on, on that just Ice Cube flow on track eight issues, I was so happy. Like, dude, I, I like I'm sitting there doing work. I'm installing software computers, and, and like his verse comes in, and like I just like once again I just sit back and I just smile, and I'm just like I'm truly happy right now. I uh, am for, truly happy. For me, it was bittersweet because mm-hmm. yes. Thank fucking God he's not rapping like Players Club anymore. Mm. <laughs> but he was doing that, like, that gruff, growly voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, like, to be honest, it just sounds bad. Like, I don't care how good the flow is, and it is good. Yeah. It just sounds bad because he's trying to rap like, like fucking Kendrick. Ooh. And, I like, it just, I... You know? <laughs> Who said ooh? That, 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 was, that was me. <laughs> hey... Yo, I put it like this. The beginning of Jack Kirby's fourth world starts with the old gods died. The new gods arose. You know what the fuck the game is right now. Yeah. Kane and, died, got yeah. the entire West Coast on his back with a bunch of other younger cats. They the gods now. Yeah. You don't want to admit I mean, it. I'm not arguing. Kendrick is my fucking all-star on this record. And it's Dr. Dre's record. <laughs> Yo, kids would come in like a like a freaking like a young Kobe. Yeah, you know like Snoop. We just talked about how Snoop Dogg probably has the best song he's put out since two thousand and one on this record. And Kendrick, uh, all star of this record. I ain't gonna go that far because that his yeah, new album yeah. was that. Well, it was all sing songy, uh, beautiful style Neptune's Snoop Dogg. But that Bush album got me like, oh, somebody put the grill on. <laughs> yeah, you, you, where the dominoes and the spades is at come on let's go you guys can hate but sexual seduction is a jam I don't care what anyone says that Wait, tune I, comes on yeah, oh. I it to you like for real like on some real rapping rapping stuff yeah this is the best Snoop Dogg rapping yes yes yeah. see this, Snoop this song brought me back to fucking murder was the case ooh like, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. very true okay you know it's funny after listening to that Snoop Snoop track on the Dre album, after listening to Snoop's verse on Satisfaction, or was it Satisfaction? No, One Shot, One Kill. After listening to his verse on One Shot, One Kill, let's to him a few more times. And for some reason, I was like, man, you know what? I really need to go through Snoop's entire catalog. Oh, why would you do that to yourself? Uh, no, here's why. Here's why. Choose. Yeah, like it is a pick and choose. It is a pick and choose. But like, it's not like I listen to every single song. But I was like, there were a lot of albums I skipped. And there was, but there were singles because, like, we and we talked about this like years ago, where like Snoop may not always have made great albums, but he's had really good singles on some of these albums. And it's like the No Limit era is a perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know about Bitch Please with you know with Dre and whatnot, and like the the Neptune, like the uh, 
Neptune's track that he did and stuff like that. But on The Last Meal, the lead single on that was a Timbaland produced joint. And it was called What's My Name Part 2. I completely forgot about that song. That beat came in. I was like, Jesus. I was like, this is why I love Timbaland so much. Me and my partner and my impala Popping on collars, tossing up dollars A trunk on the side of us with hoes that wanna follow Bet a hundred dollars that they all wanna swallow Doggy dog, father I do what you get real hard, then it gets harder It's not a bang on mine, I bang on mine I smoke an ounce and bounce at the same time It's off the limbo with Timbo, you motherfucking bimbo So quit knocking at my window, you nympho maniac Bring it back, now shake it up Put it on the table, now break it up Get to me, and put a ladder on the end of it It really don't matter what you spent on it As long as you getting what you paid for That's what it made for Is that what you stayed for? Oh, yeah, 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 Back then I was like, man, that's a weird combination and it worked and it made me happy. So now I went back to one shot, one kill. And I got even more happy, but it just really just made me really look at Snoop's career as a whole and all the different shit that he's done. He, he, you know, he may not have like full great albums, but like Jesus, I, I, I still I can't knock him though. I mean, like I can criticize, but Lord, I just it, it, I'm kind of still I'm amazed because you know how hip hop is still young. This dude has a shit ton of albums. Yeah, he be putting yeah. work in. He put them out. Yeah. Like, yep. you know. actually, you gotta say like, yo, Snoop works really well with Virginia producers. You like Sexual Eruption? That's because Teddy Riley produced that. A lot of his biggest hits in the modern era has been with Pharrell and the Neptunes. Because mm-hmm. you play Drop It Like a Hot right now, people gonna get out their seat. Yeah, that's Play beautiful right now, people get on their seat. And that What's My Name joint you just said, like, Timberland, like, he does well with Virginia people. He just, yeah. They bring that little funk about him or something. He'd be like, yeah. Yeah, man. It's just, it's, I just didn't expect that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just didn't expect that. But no, but back to Compton, though, Kendrick does steal the show. But is it really stealing the show? It's Kendrick. So, <laughs> but like, um, Let's talk about this Anderson Pac dude. Like Taylor, I'm let you, I'm gonna I'm going to um, let you have the table on this first. What did you think about? I've never heard of Anderson Pac before, before this album. I've never heard of him. What did you think about his appearances on the album and what they lent to Compton? All right. Okay. So first off, Kendrick is Kendrick's my guy. I ain't gonna lie. He, he's you know he's he's the one at the moment. But I, I do still stand by Anderson Park, I think, steals a show on this record. Um, I'd heard one of his tunes before, and the name escapes me, but it was um, a Knowledge track. Have you guys have heard the producer Knowledge? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was one of his tracks, and it, it was pretty decent. Uh, again, I forget the name of it. Um, I think that he adds something that was missing from other Dre records in the past. Like I know you had your Nate Dogg singing, stuff like that, but... Um, I don't know what he is, but I think he's he's going to be a breakout star. He's so talented. And my my favorite record on the album, just uh, just to say now, is Animals. Say, these old sneakers, faded blue jeans, no tricks, no gimmicks. I'll be stopping down, 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 demons. 
business Rolling up trees in the belly of the beast Where the people disagree, the upper class eat Middle don't exist, the bottom of the beat Glad I got my sticks, or you jumping on the fat Laying in the ditch, I be stomping down demons Stomping down quick, come on The please don't come around these parts They tell me that we all a bunch of animals The only time they wanna turn the cameras on It's when we fucking shit up, come on Bullets still ringing, blood on the cement Black folks grieving, headlines reading Trying to pay you no money I think, um, both in the quality of the song um, I think Anderson Pack absolutely destroys that, that record and I think it's hard to uh, underestimate how important that record is in the hip-hop pantheon. How can anyone not get hype over the idea of a DJ premiere produced record engineered by Dr. Dre? Like, how, mm. can you not, how can you not get hyped about that? And it actually leads me into saying something else about the record before I forget. I think that I, I initially, when I first heard it, I had a few issues. I was like, come on, man. Like, the, the first track, um, you can hear DJ Dahi all over that track. And then, like, on Animals, you can hear DJ Premier all over the track. Through Dre's lyrics, you can hear when Kendrick's writing the lyrics. You can hear when so and so's writing the lyrics. I, I come to accept that when I started thinking about Dre as, like, a conductor for an orchestra. Like, he's the guy who... Uh, like uh, using animals as a great example is an Anderson Park record produced by DJ Premier, but Dr. Dre gives it that special bit of engineering, and it goes back to what you guys were saying before. It's such a well-produced album that I don't think there's anyone who has come before or will come again in hip hop's history who can engineer and mix down a record the way Dr. Dre does. The mixing yeah. down is so good; it is miles ahead of any other producer, and I'm talking even the top of top producers, it, his sound is just so incredible. So you're listening to other producers and other rappers through Dr. Dre's lens, that's when I came to accept this record. Going back to Anderson Pack, I think that, um, I just think he, the way he's dotted around the album, especially with Marsha Ambrosius, I think it gives the album a certain cohesion that, um, I, it just makes it sound like a record rather than a collection of singles. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does next, this Anderson Pack guy. I don't, do you know if he's signed to Aftermath or has he just been drafted in or but do any of you guys know? I don't know and I don't even know if Aftermath is a know. thing now, being that Dre and Jimmy's on Apple. I'll be quite honest, I don't know why people ain't just signing to Apple right now. You got Trent Reznor, Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. I don't even know why you messing with uh, singles anymore, I mean labels. Yes, yeah, so I just think that him and Marshall Ambrosius have a certain uh, lead the album to have a cohesion where they're both dotted throughout the whole album. It gives it a consistent sound. And uh, as I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he what he has to do next because his voice is incredible. Like it's got such a wicked voice. Um, yeah, big ratings to him. Actually, big ratings to him. I gotta say though, and I'm I'm really glad that you brought up the whole you know the whole Dr. Dre slash DJ Premier track Animals featuring Anderson Pac. I didn't I didn't expect that because like you know when you first listen you're just listening to the record, and then you know you really start to look at the credits, and then like so once you read the credits it's like oh shit it's like DJ Premier and Dre together. Like it's, it's too big for my brain to handle. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 different than say for instance like on um one of my favorite Timbaland albums, a shock value. Timbaland's on a like Timbaland has a track 
where it has Dre on it. And Dre's just rhyming on it. And, like, it's dope. But it's not, you know, Dre may have had a hand in the production. I'm not 100% sure. But it still is different. Because, like, DJ Premier is DJ Premier. He is a producer that has, like, done all types of great cuts for decades. And to merge two styles together and it just sound smooth, that takes work. You know what I mean? And it goes back to the whole thing with, with you know with Dre being this just great producer slash composer and able to make it all blend together in a way. It's just like, man, who's fucking with this? I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think I think uh, that is my high mark on the album. There's a couple of other tracks that I think are, are really incredible. And the whole album on the whole is pretty good. But that one, when I first heard that, that was the one that really made me get hyped. That. And uh, just the other one before, because I, I don't know if he's going to get mentioned. Uh, amongst the old guard, it has to be said, the game is one of the old guard nowadays. That's the best I've heard the game in a very, very long time on this record. He Ooh. just sounded like an animal. So, yeah, game on that song. His current song out with um with Young Aubrey. Out of the two of the best things I've heard from Game in. Since before time. Obama was president, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's real too. Hold up, which track? Which track was the game on on on, uh, on Compton again? I can't remember. Oh, no. The one that kicks off. It's game time, and yeah. then it's the horns. I forget the name. Just another day. Chronic on my grandma coffee table. That's how you remember it. That's how I remember it. Yeah, dipping to the liquor store. Nine in my cabin. Script trying to get at me. My red impala bumping like acne. My city get trapped. Me been shot, robbed, stabbed, chased home, socked out, jabbed by essays, cops, degenerate niggas with rags, disintegrate niggas with enemy. Dome shots like Kennedy. Slug stripping with Hennessy. Got murderous tendencies. <laughs> He sounds like he's got like like poached a bit of Nazi's flow as well, which is the game has always had a bit of that in him. That, that's a fantastic record. I think out of all of them, I know a lot of um, a lot of love's been shown to Snoop, but out of all the old guard that feature on this album, I think the game was was incredible. Oh, and. Um, my guy from above the law, what's his name? Is it called 187? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He destroyed yeah. that record. As yeah, well. that that was unexpected. Like I was just like, wait a minute. I was like, this is. I'm like, I ain't heard this cat in forever. <laughs> exactly. Twenty years are we talking? Wait. I ain't heard Exhibit in forever. I was like, <laughs> yo, Exhibit came and and put it down too. I was like, is it this? This ain't you acting. This ain't this ain't you pipping no rhymes. <laughs> like this is X to the Z. This ain't exhibit. Oh, this ain't exhibit like redoing houses. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, From oh, his shit. first words as well. What is it? Um, uh, it's my birthday in Dubai. Da, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like a spy. <laughs> You're just like, oh shit. Oh no. Look. It's like look. exhibit. <laughs> I, was so, I was so excited and shocked at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't. I won't front though. A few years. Years ago, Exhibit dropped an album called Napalm, and yeah. one of the singles. And that album is actually better than I thought it would be. But one of it's the singles bad. was a Dre joint. It was produced by Dre, and it's Exhibit, King T, and the Alcoholics, and it's called Louis the Thirteenth. That shit is great. 
Louis Louis the Thirteenth is a great fucking track. Basically for King T and the Licks, it is it's amazing. Exhibit is exhibit, but this is like on Compton. This is probably the best exhibit I probably have heard in forever. Go back, and I'm sure it's probably somewhere on YouTube. Go listen to Louis the Thirteenth by Exhibit, The Alcoholics, and King T, produced by Dr. Dre. It's great. X to the Z. Yeah. Even though you know what he did, he did taint himself with Pimp My Right because when I'm listening to that tune, I'm like, yeah, they, these lyrics are cold. But then I just see his cheesy grinning face from Pimp My Right when he's just <laughs> showing some poor girl who's had a whatever pimped up to make it look like some space vehicle, like, and he's just cheesing up, like. Hey oh, man. man, yo, he was getting that paper. He was getting that paper. That's true. That's he was pro- true. he was probably getting more paper for for Pimp My Ride than he was on his record deals. Definitely. That's, no, that is no probably about it. He was definitely getting more paper <laughs> for that. You, you know what I mean? So it's like I can't be mad at you. I can't. I just I'm, remember. I just remember I'm, the day like I was just flipping through channels and like um, when uh, ABC was still doing like that home makeover show. It was like a sh- extreme home makeover, and like I'm, you know I see the the main dude talking about a house, and then they cut to exhibit. I was like exhibit. I was like, what the fuck you doing on extreme home makeover? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he was probably making more dough for that than he was out of his record. Deal. Yeah. Listen, uh, look, loud records weren't weren't giving out the best record deals unless you were, unless you were a member of the Wu Tang Clan. It was game over for you. Man, we could do a whole episode on the rise and drastic fall of loud records. Yeah. Can we yo, can we make yo, that the up. next one? Oh, Without a doubt. Yo, this is a tangent that don't make no sense, but. That needs to be an episode, and right now I just clicked the link about from Noisy, you know Vice. Yeah. Talking about how Gucci Man is the most influential rapper of the last decade. Ah, I was, I ain't reading. I ain't read this shit. I'm like, yo, y'all is bugging, but I love Gucci though. But y'all is bugging. If y'all can see the look on my face right now. <laughs> like, I like Gucci. I like Gucci Man, but. Disappointment, shame, yeah. man. Like, yo, come on, Vice, you can do better. Yo. I am, I am disgusted. I am <laughs> disgusted. Listen, they, they have, they have quite a sound argument. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna tweet about it. But yo, for real. Oh man, listen, like, Gucci Man's a tastemaker. You can't take that away from him. He, he's got a lantern on his back. Oh, he in jail. Oh, come I know. on. Man. Listen, uh-huh. he's released three mixtapes from jail this year. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, now, now, see, Tribe like lives in Atlanta. Of Atlanta. Tribe lives in Atlanta, so, you know, like, Tribe is taking his personal man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It, so it I hits a little too close to home. I got a closed Facebook right now. Bring <laughs> <laughs> Like, yo, I fucks with Gucci heavy, but I'm like, yo, bruh. Come on, like, all right, let's get back. Let's get, yeah, Compton. Compton. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yo. yes, let's get back to Compton because you know what, man? Like, sometimes I think these, like, websites just be troll. These are troll articles. It's like, we're going to troll on purpose for clicks. Ah, they're not troll articles. Listen, they got me. They got me hooked like a sinker. Okay. Nobody, nobody takes this the wrong way, but that noisy documentary about Atlanta when you got the little skinny white dude with the glasses that be on the Vice HBO show just walking around with all these rappers in the hood, that makes you feel some type of way. Yes, it's good, but it makes me feel some type of way. Like you treating Atlanta like a zoo right now, and yeah, I don't know yeah, how you yeah. feel about that. Yeah. And that's vice. That's vice right there for you. 
This is the thing. As long as you you go into it knowing what Vice are gonna like give you, Vice, uh, you know, they have their own agenda as well. But listen, my girl watched that uh, Atlanta documentary. Now I will put my girl up against any average rap fan around here in the UK with her Atlanta knowledge. Now she learned a lot about (laughs) like what? Who knows about Pee Wee Longway better than my girl nowadays? Tell you who knows <laughs> about Pee Wee Longway better than my girl nowadays around this area. I fucking no one. That's me. <laughs> so oh, I'll, I'll give them their love for that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. That it's, it's super, super exploitative of the whole scene. Yeah. yeah. But by the same token, Pee Wee Longway. My girl knows about Pee Wee Longway. My girl knows about Young Scooter. Who knows about Young Scooter? My fucking girl knows about Young Scooter. That's who. But... <laughs> Just before, sorry, I know this is mad tangents, but just before uh, we we go back to Compton, uh, Tribe specifically, being an ATL guy, what's your feelings about Awful Records? Like, and about McConan and Father and those guys? Is that like, okay, this is is where I'm going to show my complete ignorance of everything that's going on. Is that like, is Migos and... and No, 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 none of those guys. It's it's like, you know, I love McConan, like... um, they're calling Tuesday. it like cloud rap. Tuesday. Like, yeah, got the okay, club going yeah. up on a Tuesday. I know I've heard the name. I just haven't heard the music. Okay, okay. I've been I've been meaning to because I live here and it should mean something to me. But I've just I've been like that. That shit just isn't on my radar because I haven't liked so much of it for so long. I just mm. stopped okay. paying attention. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like these awful, awful records are not trap. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like they're. they're they're kind of different, and um, two of my, well, again, I was writing my top 10 records of the year so far out, two of uh, Awful Records releases were in my top 10, and I, I implore all of you guys and anyone listening to track these records down. The first one's by a guy called Ethereal. Um, he produces and raps. It sounds like chopped and screwed heat makers beats. Yeah, like mm. 2002. You already got me set. open right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like shot the screw anything that. Yeah, like a. You know, what's the, what's the, what's the diplomat record? I argue with my mama spring, summer, fall, winter time. Whatever, yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, they, they do like a chopped and screwed version of that, and it just sounds ridiculous. And the other record that they released this year, as it's in my top 10, is by some young girl, like she's like 18, called Abra, and it sounds like, um, like futuristic Alexander O'Neill. Like, hmm. That's the only way I can explain it to you, yeah? See, Honestly. I heard the name, I ain't listened to it, but you just said futuristic Alexander, Alexander O'Neill. That means. It's going to the list to listen to. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You can't be bringing up Alexander O'Neill and not expect me to listen. What? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that now. Because once this pod, once this is over, I'm going to have to pull out the greatest hits and take it with me on the road. So, yeah, man. You can't be doing that, man. You can't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, Alexander O'Neill is a, is a sad story. I, I went to see him with my mama. But like, my mom's like, Alexander O'Neill's number one fan. So she's yeah. like, I've got no one to go with. Let's go. Let's go. Went to see him about three or four years ago at some UK holiday camp. Yeah. Oh, that, that ain't Alexander O'Neill from the 80s. It's like Dave no. Chappelle isn't it? Um, with um, Rick James, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah, like, man. Alexander O'Neill has been got. Yeah, like he he's man, he's went through it. He has went through it. That shit, we do a whole episode about him. Anyway, all right. <laughs> so so sorry, just those two records. 
I, I implore everyone to go and listen to Ethereal. Um, I think I'm on fire. The record's called and Abra. The record's called Rose. Both of those records, they're on SoundCloud and YouTube and all the other stuff that the kids listen to nowadays. Records. Half the time, I'm suspicious. You niggas sound so fictitious. Believe me, I know the difference. I got some words for you niggas. The definition of it. Listen up. I've been with you going three times and plus. Big houses, cars, jewelry, bad bitches all around this motherfucker, huh? I seen it all, and guess what? It's the. You feel me? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I know some niggas. Oh, I just saw Straight Out of Compton yesterday. What's he like? Um, Straight Out of Compton is, is great. I know, like I know, some people that have beef with the film because they they feel that like um, they turn NWA into superheroes. But like, I'm actually okay with that in a Dr. way. Dre is a saint in the movie. Yeah, Dr. Dre is a saint. Yeah, yeah, he I'll really is. Bonds are cool. <clears throat> yeah, as well. So he's a he's a saint, and it's like okay, and. Yo, Ice Cube is a superhero. He yeah. fights like eight men by himself. Yeah. <laughs> all the right choices. He yeah. fights all evil with just just the purest decision making ever. He has like a beautiful wife. He makes movies. He does everything. I'm I'm gonna be quite honest. It's like okay, that's kind of the idea if we have Ice Cube anyway. Like yeah. I was about to say, what yeah. you trying to tell me that Father Christmas isn't real or something? Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's just like it's like Ice Cube is like Ice Cube is just like. Yeah, he teamed up with Public Enemy to make a whole nother record. Okay, yeah. like, yeah, oh, it works. And yeah, like, he's, he's, he's a good character. He's a he's a human character. Yes. And they humanized the hell out of Jerry Heller. He's not a good person, but he's a human being. And you'd be like, hmm, yeah. Paul Giamatti might get an Oscar nomination for Jerry Heller. Yeah, yeah, he might, yeah. And not obviously, I would say no spoilers, but let's be honest oh. about it. It's, it's, <laughs> you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's history, like, you kind of know the ending of the movie. Right. Because exactly. it happened. And, and I think for me, like, I don't have a problem, honestly, in all sincerity, I don't have a problem with them turning, like, NWA and all the members of NWA into mythical type characters. Because I'm going to be 100% honest with you, we really don't have like a lot of biopics bio for like, you know, for black people. It's okay for us to have myths. You know what I mean? It's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, we actually need myths. And there's a lot of truth in that movie, too. Did they go all the way in? No, no, no. They're not going to go that, that dirty. No. But we're allowed to have myths. And yeah. to, to piggyback off of that, like, as a, as a kid, like, I was... 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, as, as all of this stuff was happening, and they felt like the uh, the gods on Olympus yeah. to, to me as a kid paying attention to all this shit happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, no question. And it was... and Because, like, it was all new. Like, hip-hop was still new. Rap music was still new. Like, it was still, it was still in an era. Well, shit, it's still in an era because you still got plenty of people that think it's not music when it is. But like, it was really when they were coming up. It was during a period of time where like people just didn't. A lot of 
white people didn't understand. Hey, 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 hey. Not you, dog. Not you. I ain't talking about you, Taylor. How am I talking about you? I'm talking about, I'm talking about, like, say, for instance, like news media. Okay. No, I'm playing. You know I'm playing. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. But, like, they didn't understand it. They thought it was a fad. And, and they thought it wasn't music. And, and all this controversy came from it. Whereas to us, it's just like, yo, this is, this is power. You know what yeah. I mean? This, this is power. I, I noticed, like, again, growing up in it, it was like another way for, for the media or for white folks to other black people and be like, see what they're listening to. Yes. See how all of the shit they like is so bad and evil and vile. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And see, and, and in turn, and in turn, in doing that, they turn N.W.A., Public Enemy, L. Cool J., you know, and all these people back then into superheroes. You see what I'm saying? Because like you keep describing these folks as evil and we look at it and it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know? And yes, yes. Like, and this is this whole other thing too, which I did find amazing about the film that like, um, they found a way to put like a lot of key songs out there without having to really talk about the misogyny and shit. But once again, different era, mm-hmm. different era altogether. Yeah. I don't but, know if it's a different era, but my thing is that they glaze over because the main treatise of the movie mm-hmm. is fuck the police. Yes, yes, yes. Which in the current climate of America is a kind of important thing again, sadly. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. fuck the police. Yeah. Fuck the police. No matter what else they're talking about, fuck the police. The only thing they got out of this movie that I wanted that is like is dope. F. Gary Gray did a good job. Everybody involved did a good job. Is that like, now I need somebody, I need Ice Cube and a band of people with intelligence to go produce the Public Enemy movie. Yeah. 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 I need to, you need to counterbalance this. I ain't gonna lie. In DC when I grown up, did I know who NWA was? Yes, I did. Did I know about Fuck the Police, some of the other stuff? Yes. What was big in DC? Go go music? Mm. Always. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. and real talk, ghetto boys. Mm, Ghetto yeah. Boys is so yeah. big in the, in the DC era, like because our projects look like Houston projects. Is that same type of thing, like that Southern style project build out? It doesn't look like the big giant buildings that's in New York. It kind of like the, the Southern style ones. And yo, Scarface, Bushwick Bill, and all them, they was talking the type of lifestyle that. Yo, real talk of the East Coast is still kind of just amazing. Like, this gang stuff is like, what are you guys talking about? Like, yeah. whoa, like, it's, that's a whole different world. I like how they showed that in the movie when they had, like, the New York rappers who were supposed to be the original ones with their boys in the hood. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? We wear Kangos and all this. They don't know nothing about that. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yo, that that movie did a great job. Basically, I, I like that movie because I kind of want younger people to see it. I want 20 somethings to see it and yes. teenagers to see it. It's just like, Hey, this is part of like rap history, but also it's like, yo, you waking up every week and you seeing black kids get killed by the police. This shit ain't new. Nope. So all the stuff you hear the rappers talking about the crack era, crack ain't really big no more. Like you are reliving like other people's past. Yeah. Not yeah. old old people with wrinkles on their faces, but like people walking around in like Air Maxes and, and, and jeans that got jobs and kids, like. This is our past, and it's the same shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about. 
Yeah. As someone who hasn't seen the film, obviously I can't really talk too much about the ins and outs of the film, but I have got, I've got a few statements on the back of, and a couple of questions actually, on the back of what you guys have been saying. The first one is, like I read the D Barnes article, as I said earlier this morning, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, obviously Dr. Dre was, maybe still is a piece of shit back in the day. But the reality is, a, a, a movie produced by Ice Cube and Andre Young is not going to have stories about him beating the shit out of women. It's not going to happen. Well, uh, Dre had talked about the scene, um, you know, the, um, oh, Dee Dee Barnes, the domestic, yeah. you know, that situation with Dee Dee Barnes, they contemplated putting that in the film. But there is... I read, I read that they filmed it and then cut it out. Okay. And, wow, see, I, that I did not know. Yeah, um, they cut it out. They cut okay. it out of the movie. Um, I'm telling you, Dre is too much of a saint in the movie. He's too much yeah. of a saint. And what, what's yeah. what's weird is what's weird is is that there's a scene where um, the the lady that would end up being his uh, his wife in the, like the '90s. Um, she talks about how it's like, look, you know, because this is when he was with Death Row, and they and she mentions you know the domestic violence stuff and this and this and that, like, and so it it puts it out there that Dre is like not really in a good place. But you don't visually see it. You, you know what I mean? You don't get the historical context because yeah. they don't put the Michelle is only mentioned by one line. Yes. Yeah. And like, yo, he was beating Michelle for a long time. On a weekly basis as well, if rumors are to be believed. Like, like, this is the, my only thing is this it's like, do I expect Dre, Dre and Cube to really show. Like nah, I don't expect him to put that dirt in the shit because he don't even he didn't recently talk about it until there's a lot of news articles like yo this is like yo we know what you did like how come this ain't in the movie from from women so before that he never really talked about any of that stuff publicly. Well, well there does. is one. Sorry, just just to interject, there is one very high profile moment when he does talk about it through someone else is. Are you going to take advice from the guy that slapped Diddy Barnes? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, with Eminem. And I yeah. think they, they put, they let, I think he let Eminem slide with that because Eminem is a guy who raps about killing his, his baby mama. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's Eminem. At the, and it was, it was 99. It's like, but as an adult, as a dude, he never really came out talking about it until very recently. And it's like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe one day somebody will take, the impetus to go make films about these people or from other perspectives because I think that it's it's really messed up. They also don't show all the sides of easy. They don't show like his crazy womanizing behavior. Mm. They show that how God is. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like, and and like at the context of the time, like Easy E was the second straight dude you basically knew who got AIDS. It was magic and then Easy E. He was like, oh, well, I guess this might be a problem. I yeah. guess straight dudes can get it. I guess black dudes can get it without being homosexual. Like, oh wow! Like, mm-hmm. it's it's, but you have to make cuts. The the cutting out that shit is it is a problem, but the the point of the movie was not let's let's humanize these people, let's uh, let's talk about who they were. The movie is about their contribution. Yeah, yeah, and and their. You know the impact that they had on on rap and America. 
just as another aside, and this again from someone who hasn't seen the film, I don't think that sometimes truth gets in the way of te- of conveying the message that needs to be told. And you, all three of you, have, have said this that it's a a great parallel for what's going on with the police in America today. Do you want to dilute the message of fuck the police with the fact that actually? maybe the guys who are screaming fuck the police are also misogynistic arseholes might not be the best move to make so mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know I, uh, seriously yeah like as an outsider what the fuck is going on with you guys recently like we're watching the news and like a year not you specifically your police like a year the year anniversary from what happened in Missouri and like the police are doubling down on their they're going on against young black men. Like, oh, just the black people in general. There's a lot of oh, killed too. Yeah. Oh man, like as as coming from a country that has no guns, yeah, <laughs> like, like very very few. Um, we have like I've read some mad statistic. Like we've had less um, police uh, fueled kill like uh, deaths in the last thirty years than you guys have in like an average month. Like, yeah. I just think, like, holy shit! Like, like, surely someone's good. Like, someone of power's got to turn around and go, "Listen, you police again!" Like, it's on video. Like, we're, I'm yeah. watching it. Like, how the hell are these guys not accountable for this? Hey Taylor, there's a war outside here that no man is safe from. Safe from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Like, honestly, like, I, I constantly think about like. Like, I think about you guys who I've got mad love for. I know you're law-abiding citizens, but I see some madness going on where it just anyone can get it at any yeah. time. Like, if your skin's a certain colour, and as you, it doesn't matter if you're male, female. Like, like I, I see this thing, like, with this mad young boy who ran up in that church, the white boy who ran up in the church and, mm-hmm. and shot all them people, and how they managed to subdue him safely and then some young girl, <laughs> like, are you, are you mad? Yeah, like, yeah. Some young girl who backchats to the police and gets beaten to death by the police for it. Like, you just think, holy shit, what is going on with your country? You're yeah, supposed man. to be the, the forefront of civilization, civilization, but it feels like Rome is burning in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Like, I, just, I just want to get that out there because as an outsider, like I feel like obviously if you guys are talking about it, it's like preaching to the choir. But I'm a young, well, I wish I was young. I'm a, <laughs> a rapidly approaching middle-aged white boy from London who looks at this like this is some fucking dystopian fiction I'm watching across the pond right now. Yeah, and the, the thing is, the thing is, like it's never changed. It, it's 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 never it's, the climate has never really changed in america from like from our eyes it's just the difference is is that like stuff had always been going on it had always been going on like the rodney king thing got visible because somebody videotaped it yeah and then that became nationwide but remember there's no internet okay so but but it's still a nationwide thing so now you have the internet you have social media you have all these venues so like you have all these ways to put things up now and so now you're really starting to see this is life every day for a majority of black people. And 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 the thing is, is that if this country truly wanted to change how it felt, in all sincerity, how it felt and how it treated black people, it would. It doesn't. It's just that it's just simple. Mad. It's just mad. It's I don't get it. God oh, bless no. Steve Jobs. If he didn't give people the, the iPhone, if he ain't bust that iPhone out, the iPhone and then the, and the technologies of Facebook and, and Twitter and, and video and 
that whole the web 2.0 really really messed the game up for uh for keeping these things secret we don't know how we're going to deal with it it ain't really changing much but the action of being yeah. secret yeah. is gone yeah. the technology ruins that yeah so you know, and the thing is, like I said, if 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 this country truly wanted to to you know put a stop to this or to make things better, it could. It doesn't want to. I don't even know if it can. Yeah, I know. I don't. Think, I honestly don't think it can. Yeah. Like like I'm watching that on um, New David Simon uh, miniseries on HBO, Show Me Hero. That's basically about like making affordable housing on the uh, west side of Yonkers in the '80s, mm. and how like. The white people of the Yonkers were so against it. They were like, like I don't, I don't know if you can change it because this stuff is always around. Like, yeah, it's 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 going. If it does, it would take. It takes long beyond our 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 lifetime. And who knows if America, as we see it now, is going to be in that state? Because yo, there was a time when when Great Britain, the sun always set on Great Britain around the world, but now it's not. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like 100 years from now, America might not be the top dog. Things, it won't matter how messed up we are. It could be someplace else. Our great grandkids could be living all over the place. Yeah. The money better. Uh, just, just to alleviate the situation a little piece. Great Britain might not be the biggest, but we're still the fucking best. Don't <laughs> I don't want to pay the pounds. Don't keep it. Don't get it twisted. Like, this is what them dollars though. Like, yo, where the pounds at? You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> I, honestly, I just I, I like. I, again, I know I'm preaching to the converted, but I just feel like, what the hell is going on? Like, obviously, like. I'm, I'm, Doug, I'm, 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 here and I find myself saying that shit every day. Like, what the fuck is going on? What's going on? What is like, happening? And it just seems to be like. It seems to be like a, a form of ethnic cleansing or something. I just, I, I just don't. I, I'm just, you know, just flabbergasted by the fact that, especially because we live in this day and age of social media, where everyone's going, "Yeah, this is bullshit. This is bad." And everyone from the top to bottom are going, "Yeah, yeah, this is this is bullshit. This is bad." Like all the way up to Obama, like, "Yeah, yeah, this ain't right." But then it's still going on. Like, what? Yeah. Why ain't things changing? <laughs> well, I mean, one thousand. Obama is the president of the United States, but he's still a black man. That shit ain't changed. He can't change this with a decree. Yep. It's barely, I'm like, I am so happy he's almost made it seven full years without an assassination attempt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. And he got the most guards ever, and motherfuckers be running up in his house like ain't nothing. Yeah. yeah. I live yeah. in these, we know every time somebody get through them gates, mm. motherfuckers be running up in his house like ain't nothing. Blasting his house like it ain't nothing. That shit ain't never happened when the Bushes was in. Yeah. It never happened when the Clintons were in, where they got a, cl- a plane to hit the house. But I'm saying, though, they didn't have AK shooting at the, at the house. You know what I'm saying? When the kids was in the house. Mm-hmm. So just because he saved, just because my man who used to be the attorney general was like, nah, we're going to do this, that don't mean nothing. That don't mean nothing in Bumblefuck, Montana, or whatever small district where the police is at. That don't change nothing locally, or county-wise, yeah. or yeah. state-wise, or... Motherfuckers be like the South will rise again shit. None of that shit. Nah, bro. Man, I was so I was just on tour at the uh, the end of July, and we went from from Charlotte up to uh, you know basically up north through the Midwest and back down, and we didn't see 
Confederate flags in the South. We saw them up north in Ohio and in uh, Minnesota and places like that. And then we got into Mississippi and we didn't see Confederate flags and it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yo, yo. I know, I know it's weird. Like, hey, I, I lived the majority of my lifetime in Ohio, and driving back from, you know, from Kentucky, going back up to Ohio, like Greater Cincinnati, and to see some cats like sport that flag, I'm like, for real? Are you serious? Excuse my total ignorance of the geography of the states. All I know about Ohio is. Cameron used to get in there, so <laughs> <laughs> Ohio in the south, what is oh, Midwest, Midwest, Ohio. Midwest. Yeah. Midwest. So okay. it's a, it's above the Mason Dixon, and okay, so I want to say historically it was one of the one of the first stops on the Underground Railroad. Okay, so but everything above the Mason Dixon, again, excuse my ignorance, but we're always led to believe that that's the really liberal. You know, we're the guys that you know fought against slavery back in the 19th century. Why would Ohio have all the Confederate flags? They ain't leave the Union. That's what it is. It's not, they ain't leave the Union. They didn't succeed. That don't mean they was about getting rid of slavery or making black people equal or anything. They just ain't succeed from the Union. Yeah. Which is really, it's about slavery, but it's about economics and capitalism. It just happened to be the stuff they were selling and moving was black. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, you know, you look at look at a political map of the United States, and the only reason that we have blue states are because the numbers of people in major cities will sometimes outnumber the the, the rest, rest of, the of the state spread out in rural. Because you know, you look, look like look at California. San Francisco is liberal, and LA is liberal, but then the rest of the state is completely red. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's uh, just for the record. That's uh, no, I'm not. I'm not jumping up and down on your fine country, like. Uh, like I know no, please, please. No, you can you can drop it in the face. Because I know the UK isn't perfect too. Like we ain't all tea drinking little old ladies. There was a time when we sailed around Africa and then went to India and went. Oh, I say, chaps, we were. We'll take this country and then we just ran India for fucking hundreds of years. So I ain't gonna say that we we ain't no innocent people in this, but. Like, I just think in the day and age of like, especially the way that technology and like, we're talking about music here. Yeah? Let's bring it full circle. I was, I said at the very start of the conversation, 15 years is a short period of time for a record like 2001 could never be released nowadays. Yeah. So mm. because I think it's partly because of social media and, you know, everyone's kind of a bit more, ah, oh, shit, let's not be dickheads to each other. So why the hell is this one glaring thing still happening? I just... Because it's a power structure. Yeah. And, and power structures are built to never relinquish that power, like even a little bit. So even though they're being like they're staring in the face of their own bullshit and they're looking at it and they're being presented with it daily and confronted with it. They're like, fuck it. We're still in power. Like we can still arrest you. We can still do this. And because we are the police, because you need us to protect you, quote unquote, like you're not going to do anything about it. And so, you know, you can't go over our heads because we will literally stop you from doing that. Yeah. The only, the only time when it happens is when one of those policemen men step out of line and kill someone that he's supposed to kill. Like, oh, you going to just kill a white dude in his house? Nah, bro. You fucked up. 
You got to lose your you can lose your whole livelihood because that guy is a taxpayer owns his own house. Like they killed some white dude got killed down here and like in Virginia like a like two years ago. And this dude is about to go to full court trial and everything because like his other cops ratted him out. Everybody was like, yo, this dude had his hands up. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. And so that guy's going to go to jail. That police officer's going to go to jail. He ain't getting around it. Once the, once your blue line of silence goes away, it's mm-hmm. a wrap. Yeah. That shit well, don't happen for, for black people. It could be, well, be the richest black people in the world, and that shit probably be like, I don't know, he was a threat. What happened to the police officers that shot that young black boy who was running around the park, pyow pyowing, like pretending he had a gun? Did they? Uh, Tamir Rice in Cleveland. Oh, that's, that's you, his name. Oh, you yeah. mean administrative yeah. leave? Yeah, yeah oh, is that, that what happened? Yeah. yeah, he has a minute. I don't even think he lost his pay. No, he, he didn't lose his pay. No. He still get paid. No, he just don't go to work. Like it's fascinating to me. Like a, a show that um, Francesca and I really enjoy is um, uh, tonight or the last week with John Oliver, the HBO yeah. show. Like, uh, John Oliver is he, he, he's good at what he does. That show couldn't exist in the UK because the moment X amount of people call bullshit on something. It changes. It might take a while, but it changes. Like, like we honestly, I watch it with my girl. I'm just like, what, what, these guys, what, what is going on? Like, like, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. About like, I know I sound like some mad socialist, but look, I'm British. Yeah, we got, we've got healthcare. Like, I break my leg. I yeah. Yeah. They fix my shit up for me, free of charge. Yeah, I need some antibiotics. That'll be the seven gadgets. pounds, please. Yeah? yeah, prescription, prescription for everything is seven pounds. Yeah, in America, but you get shot, they'll take the bullet out and then kick you out back on the street again. I'm just like, what the yeah. hell is going on with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, and then there's people. Then Obama comes in like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do this and some confusing business about healthcare that I don't. You know, I don't have to worry about, fortunately, thank God. Like, but then Again, like, there's all these people a, who are like, no, we won't have that. What? It's yeah. a power structure. Like the the way that pharmaceutical companies and the and insurance companies are set up, they have all the money so they can pay off whoever they need to pay off to to get them to say like, hey, this free healthcare thing, such a bad idea. And and really, but the thing is, it's not really free. Like, no, that's, see, that's what yeah. I don't understand about this. That's sorry. Go on, go ahead. Like you know, you like for the uh, the healthcare act, like you have to pay for that. Like if, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, like I mean, I look, I have a job yeah. with, with a nice healthcare plan, but when you when you apply, I think the thing that got a lot of people salty was is that if you didn't have health insurance, you should. They were like, we want you to apply for it, and if you don't, you know, we're gonna be upset about it. But like. It's, I thought it was a thing of that you have to still pay for it. So technically, it's yeah, not so, free. You know. Yeah, it's affordable. It's affordable. Yeah, affordable, yeah. affordable I mean, healthcare. You, you can't have free healthcare in this country without uprooting the entire system. And let's right. be honest, that is never. That's never going to happen. happen. It's never going to happen. And, and, the, and, the, and the thing is, is that even with this affordable healthcare act, there are still problems within that act. Was it needed? Yes. Absolutely. But the big, but the biggest problem is, is that how can you have an affordable healthcare act with? Um, with with these insurance companies and these pharmaceutical companies and other people of influence coming in saying nah 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 you ain't taking our money away mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean it's 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 so problematic I mean but it's something that's needed but there's still there's still problems with the Affordable Health Care Act 
But you need it though. You know what I mean? But no matter what, somebody's gonna suffer somewhere. So it's like, how do you fix it when you have such a structure that's built in a way to the point where it's so self-sufficient and all these other people are making dough from it and they're scared to lose that money and they're scared to change. I, how, how do you fix something that is literally sell basically like i said it just it just runs on its own like you could walk away from it and it's still going to run because it's just so deeply embedded you know what yeah. i mean it's like how do you fix it you know yeah. what i mean like it's, it's the same with like racial relations in america the shit ain't changed there's been like minor progressions but then like the shit just rolls back and it's like how do you fix it and but you know you said it best it's just it's a thing of Folks in power, if they really want things to change, they'll change things. But the folks in power is like, look, this is how it's supposed to be. So if this is a system that works for us. It keeps us in power. So why would we ever, ever change it? Like we can't even get them to fix the railroads to make it modern. We can't get yeah. them to fix the pipes because they got pipes from like 1920. We can't get them to fix fucking bridges, dog. That's what I'm saying. Like, they can't agree on fixing nothing but making more drones and like. The only thing people can agree on is our guns and our airplanes and our missiles and your Islamic state is a threat. That's it. That's the only thing we can agree on. And by planes, we're not talking about the airline industry. We talk about fighter jets. We just fighter jets, yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. fighter jets. Like it yeah. just costs like fifty mil a, a plane or some crazy shit like that. They gotta get mad joints. Yeah, that, that, that just uh, I know I'm sounding like flipping the McCarthy Act's gonna come down on my head for sounding like some mad communist or something. It can't, cause you in you in you in freaking the UK. Yeah. I'm living the dream over here. They over there it's like we can't touch him no way. He's ah, he's some Europe. He's he's British. Doesn't care. You know, like those people, like John Oliver. They really don't pay attention to John Oliver. He's not American. Like he's, he's a rabble rouser, not from. Me. <laughs> it just finds I just find like at least like obviously again things ain't perfect so you know we still have situations where we we have a, like we have a situation over here where all the old council houses like I don't even know if you guys have council houses but basically you would pay rent to the local council for your council house right and then that'd be yours for life, and it would be rent controlled, and you wouldn't be paying it to to a Wait, to a private. Hell of a council house. Do you have those? Like public housing. Yeah, but like it's already sounds way better than projects. Yeah. <laughs> when you say yeah, when you say public housing, that conjures up images of Shook Ones Part Two in my yes, mind. Like, that's it. Like that, yes. it's not really. We have those. We have council estates, but we also have council houses. So, and basically. You, you could live in it forever, and you you know, it's a, on the whole, most of them are nice places. We have an issue at the moment where a few years ago, this great idea, you had the right to buy your council house and it become your property, which in theory was a beautiful idea, wonderful. Yeah, you can own your own place, you, you pay a mortgage and it's yours, right? The, up, the problem was the people were buying it and then buying a separate second property and then renting the first one. So now we have an issue in this country where there's no bottom rung of the housing ladder for anyone to get on because they're all owned by private letters 
Mm. Um, so we, you know, it's not perfect. We have our own set of fucking issues too. I'm not going to say that, you know, again, it's not the land of milk and honey over here, but I, I do look at things like every week some school gets shot up or some church gets shot up or some young black man or woman gets pulled over by the police and beaten to death or you know people get left out on the street because they don't have proper health care i think jesus christ you you guys are the ones that us look up to we go and watch your films we go and listen to your music we we think america's the dream and that's, think, that's how you get it that's how you get it you yeah. get it we, be, we make great art because our shit got we got mad drama and conflict yeah, and to be fair, it, like if you're a straight white male, then yeah, America is fucking for you. Yeah, <laughs> there's that Louis C.K. joke about that. Yeah, yeah. Louis C.K. says the same thing, and he's like, "I'm a man. I'm middle-aged. I'm white. I've got nothing yeah. to worry about." Yeah, right. yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, it, I'm I'll, sorry. I know. I know this doesn't really have anything to do with. It could. No, it could. It could. But it connects to Watch the Throne. It does. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it also it, it connect and it connects to Compton and straight out of Compton as, as well in many ways. Compton used to be a very like in the beginning of the album. It used to be a very nice neighborhood for white people. Then the white people left. It became a nice area for for working class black people to have to live the American dream. And then. That bullshit happens. That happens to every black area, and it becomes terrible because of outside forces. Compton was the American dream. Sunny California, with a palm tree in the front yard, the camper, the boat. Temptingly close to the Los Angeles ghetto in the 50s and 60s, it became the black American dream. Open housing paved the way as middle-class blacks flooded into the city. Whites don't buy houses in Compton anymore. Now, with 74% of the population, black power is the fact of life. From banks to bowling alleys. But the dream that many blacks thought they were buying has turned sour. Though the mayor and four out of five city councilmen are black, they have been unable to solve the problems of crime and growing welfare, which is slowly turning suburban Compton into an extension of the black inner city. Crime is now as high as the ghetto. 47 homicides last year gave Compton one of the highest per capita rates in the country. Juvenile gang activity, muggings, small robberies make some blacks want to leave, want to leave, want to leave. There's a Danny Brown lyric where he says something about how uh, areas turn to uh, turn from being a nice area, and then they bring in the, the the stores. I forget the lyric that like basically pawn shops and gun stores and liquor yeah. stores, and then pawn everything turns. Stores. Yeah, everything turns into house, then empty plot, then house, then empty plot, house, empty plot. Like, yeah, it's it's sad. Detroit, something in 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 and of itself entirely. But yeah, I just I, I just wanted to kind of like. Like I just wanted to, to understand it a bit more because I'm woefully ignorant on that as I'm, you know, sitting here drinking a cup of tea and eating a, a bad man sausage casserole that I made today that I was telling Sean <laughs> about. So uh, yeah. Um, anyway, no. what's but, the throne? But no, but yeah, no. Let, let's um, close up the, the talk on Compton and straight out of Compton because, like I said, even you know Compton and straight out of Compton, social issues are abound in that, and even in the works of the separate works of Ice Cube and Dre. And Easy E, and even MC Ren, even though MC Ren really didn't have much of a role in the Straight Outta Compton film. Although I will say, I was shocked and surprised and pleased that Aldous Hodge, aka Hardison from Lever- Leverage, AKA played MC Ren. Tatum from Friday Night Lights. Yes, <laughs> yes, he played Ren, and I was just like, because like it took a second for it to like register in my head. I'm like, 
Hardison? Yep. Yep. I was like, all right. I was like, you go, boy. I was like, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. As soon as he walked into the club with Easy E, I was like, oh shit, it's voodoo. (laughs) (laughs) And in turn, with the Compton album, you know, some of it's glamorized, but like when Julian said that intro on Compton, that shit's real. Yeah. Yeah. That shit's real. And and that leads us to talk about the stuff that we talked about for like over a half hour. And just as a, a, a quick uh, thought that I had while we, we were talking, Judy and I spoke about the Pimp a Butterfly before, and I, I had struggle. I, I really struggled connecting with it because I don't think he's talking to what what we were just talking about for the last half an hour is something I don't understand. But yeah, uh, because I'm, a, I'm not living that life, right? Yeah, it's a crisis of conscience. That entire album is like the Pimp a Butterfly is to be, I think, within a certain age group which is probably 25 to maybe 40, looking at the world as it is now, being black, watching people look like you, get to the point where now even people you can think could probably be your son killed on the fucking internet at least once a week, your son or your daughter, and even you get to a certain point where like, oh, you kind of got out the hood? It's this weird state of like survivor's remorse. It, it, hmm. it messes with you mid-psychologically. That is that is that album. That's why that shit's perfect. That's why that album might be the album of the year. Mm, I haven't seen well, anything else, like I haven't seen anything come out yet to, to, to really challenge it artistically. Well, Any I went back to it after speaking to you, Judy, and I, I appreciate it a lot more. And I, I actually think that um, Compton is quite a good companion piece to it. Not all the time, not on every track. But on quite a few tracks, it, you can almost hear the not just the Kendrick influence when he's spitting or he's ghostwriting, but almost like Dr. Dre's been sitting there like, okay, like he's been around people like Kendrick Lamar quite a lot, and he's kind of affected his worldview a little bit. Like again, Animals has got a lot of that. Like it's it's all about that. Animals actually has the same message that a lot of to pimp a butterfly does yeah um and i don't think that would ever have happened in 2001 uh, on 2001 no, or on the chronic no. or anything like that i think mm-hmm. people like kendrick lamar have had a positive influence on dr dre's well, music I'll, which is a good thing yeah. if you look at it historically it wouldn't be on 2001 which came out in 99 because technically because of the clinton era and the changes in the economy black people were doing better Yes. Black people was in movies. Black people had TV shows. Yeah, black people were in shiny sports. suits. Like there was a lot of videos. There was a lot. The stuff was happening. Crack was gone. Like actually, <laughs> you could have a 2001. Mace was winning win. golf tournaments and videos. <laughs> That's like, what I'm talking about. Know, like <laughs> things was things was different. So, but you if even if you Dre and you get to this point where you ain't really making new music no more, but you see all these young kids, especially coming out of Compton. And you looking at young Kendrick Lamar, and, and you get to this point. And this man's fifty now. Like so, when he help, he's help, he's helping K Dot get big, like a couple years ago, pushing out, helping push out Good Kid, Mad City. And you get to the point where you probably looking like, like shit was better, but shit just got it reversed. Like it literally reversed. Like I'm sitting here. Is he rich as hell? Does he have like an endless pool with like a waterfall over it? Yeah, but like the goal of it was for everybody to get better. But actually, when we got better, they knocked us the fuck back down on the low. 
Yeah. I mean, look, it's, 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 look at who the, the American recession hit the hardest is black people. It was my, I mean, minorities in general. Yeah. And of which black people are the biggest minority in the country. Or, or rather, I think Hispanics. Yeah, Hispanics. But yeah, minorities got hit the hardest. And so, like, you had the this, most houses that got affected. You had the yeah. most property that got took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I still say all this right now connects to the next the next subject because that's yes. the underlying trend of what Watch the Throne is about. Even though people thought it was just it's all about spending money and being rich as fuck. Nah, it's about being the only black person in the five percent or the one percent, and you and you balling out as almost a way of coping. Sounds so soft. Who don't you agree? I invented sweat. Popping bottles, putting supermodels in the cab. Proof. I guess I got my swagger back. Truth. New watch alert. View blows. All the big face rolly, I got two of those. Arm out the window through the city, I'm a new slow. Cut back, snap back, see my cut through the holes. Damn, easy and hove. Where the hell you been? Niggas talking real reckless. Stuck man. I adopted these niggas. Fill up drumming them. Now I'm about to make them tuck their whole summer in. They say I'm crazy when I'm about to go dumb again. They ain't see me cause I pulled up in my other bins. Last week I was in my other, other bins. All your diamonds up, cool. We in this bitch yeah. again Photo shoot fresh Looking like wealth I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself uh, Live from the Mercer Run up on Yeezy the wrong way I might murk it Flee in the G450 I might surface Political refugee asylum can be purchased uh, Everything's for sale Got five passports I'm never going to jail I made Jesus walks so I'm never going to hell Couture level flow is never going on sale At least, at least especially Kanye's parts Jay-Z's parts is classic Jay-Z. Like, I'm balling. Do you think, do you honestly think Watch the Throne was that self-aware? No, hold on one second. Before we get that far, let's let's inform the audience what we're about to do. We're about to talk about Watch the Throne because it is the four-year anniversary of Watch the Throne. It's Uh, four years, man. Four years. (laughs) Four years. Like, it doesn't seem like it does it. Like, it does it. Like, I'm like, there's no way this is four years ago. Yeah, it was four years ago. Released August 12, 2011. We're going to talk about that right now and what it still means to this day. So go ahead and continue, y'all. Go ahead. No, I just, I, and that, that was an honest question. Like, yes, yes, I think it does. I think it does because, it's a, to me, it's, it's more of a Kanye album than it is a Jay-Z album. And as much flack as Kanye gets... For being like, people act like he's not aware, but he's always so aware. He's so aware. It's just the place in which he's in, and I think sometimes people give him a lot of they diss him because it's like, oh, you messing with Kim Kardashian? Yeah, let's put that to the side. Yeah, there's certain issues that. Yeah, this is the short. Yes, I do think it's there. I do think it's undercurrent, but yes, it's a lot of debauchery and. Spending money, even though I do think the undercurrent is just like, like the situation is like still fucked up. You know, you like we winning, but we really ain't winning. I don't know. That's what I've always got from it. every time I listen to it. Yeah, more than Magna Carta, Holy Grail. 
I think Kanye West's whole career, specifically after when his mum died, is almost a coping mechanism for his own fame and his own. Like, I, I genuinely think I think that he is balling out of control. But underneath all that, he is almost it is like a coping mechanism. Like almost like he is so guilty for for being, as you say, like. The, the, the only man in that top 5% who's African-American, that he he takes it to the nth degree and marries a Kim Kardashian and has the wildest um, live shows in the world and does madness and everyone thinks he's a buffoon. But that's just literally the surface layer of him. I know, I know specifically, I know Julian's on board with this. Kanye West is the Michael Jackson yeah, of our generation. People, people be dissing him. Like, you will be, they be dissing like he tried to warn us about Taylor Swift, y'all. <laughs> yeah. But he tried to warn us about Taylor Swift, and motherfuckers weren't listening. He was the bad guy. All these white people, him nigga, and all this on Twitter. He's a monster. Blah blah. blah. He tried to warn us. <laughs> you know what? There's a George. Weird, there's a weird back thing. In the day. Um, you know. Um, the, the all day video that they play over here yeah, is um, I don't think he's made an official all day video, but they have the his Brit Awards performance where he had all the crime guys behind him. Yeah, yeah, with all Skeptor and all that behind him, yeah. And in the video of his performance, he keeps on cutting back to Taylor Swift, trying to do some off key dance. Oh yeah, so yeah, she's yeah, it's just off. But every time I see it, I just like let out a little chuckle, just like yeah, Kanye West ran up on your award acceptance, and now you're dancing to his tunes in his video. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like some really weird effects that he has on me every time. He gets so he gets so much flack, and it's just like that album sonically. That's what I think. Like, like yo, Kanye as a like we were just talking about how Dre's a conductor. Kanye's moved on to that point of being a conductor. Like, he don't even really get behind the boards and really get busy. We ain't getting 2000 to 2005 Kanye no more, where he's actually on the boards, yeah. producing tracks for Alicia Keys and, and Talib and everybody else. Like, nah, he's going to be like, yo, I want Blase Blah, 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 blah. Y'all going to come with me over here and we're going to make some stuff. He gonna probably drop in, change some stuff, do add some little hits, get an engineer right. He might even call up Dre. He'd be like, "Yo, man, I don't know about these. Uh, this ain't mixed right. Tell me what you think." And you know, blah. Everybody will help. Like he'll get drums from Timberland or whatever, and we get that sonically. Like we we still living off 808s and heartbreak sonically. That, that, I, listen, that record changed the game. Without that. There would be no official Tame the Pivers favorite record of the year. Do you know what I mean? There would be no future. There, even down to them idiots like that are running up and down the pop charts. Like people like Flowrider would not have a career without like Kanye really blazing that whole trail. And I know people can hate on it. Like, and I know a lot of people do hate on it. But myself included. Well, yeah, but, but by the same token, tribe, like you, you can you listen to the pop charts, and I know the pop charts are oh. the best barometer of taste. But it's no, up and down the charts. Yeah, no, you you can't argue the impact that it's had. Yeah, you just can't because you can look at the facts and see that that shit is popular and that shit sells. 
This like, is I'm gonna get you on 56 nights. We, we, we're, cool. <laughs> we're cool. I'll get you on 56. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? After after we end this conversation, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. It's I, just uh, like pure filth. It's an app like 45 minutes of uh, eight or eight mafia. <laughs> Pure bass lick, and then future doing some weird sing song figure. Yeah, I actually I liked about ten percent of his first record, Pluto. It was called, I think. I liked about ten percent of it. So if if he can hit that same ratio on Fifty Six Nights, then we're cool. You got fuck up some comments. You know, you, 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 you know, a really weird thing about Future that I didn't realize until like a couple of weeks ago. He's like either the nephew or the cousin of one of the greatest producers ever to have lived. Rico White from Organized Noise. He Dungeon Family. Yeah, he's Dungeon Family. He's the actual Dungeon Family as well. And like you listen to um, Organized Noise, he usually will produce one or two records on his albums. Like they produced a couple of records on Honest that weren't that good to be honest, but it wasn't anything to do with them. Anyway, he needed to break up with Sierra. We, he yeah. broke up with Sierra Cubs, put him kicking to the curb. We getting, we getting future era. The future hive is real. Like it's on right now. <laughs> he, he's in a. You know, like every time I'm going to say something, I could just feel the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. Like, he's in a Gucci Man level of output recently. Like he released like three mixtapes. Like, he released like three or four mixtapes after he broke up with Sierra that are all fire. Every single one of them is absolute flames. Like, I, I, I know I'm just like, I might as well just be talking to myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, oh, man, I, so I, I got two songs of him on my, my mix, my 2000, my summer mix, so I ain't gonna like, he named this, he named this album Dirty Sprite too. I was like, oh, I felt out my chair, like, ooh. But, um, he brought out a record on one of his most recent mixtapes. There's a track with Juvenile. I haven't heard a Juvenile track in time. That made me happy. I love Juvenile. I still listen to Higher every now and again. What, anyway, you know what, what is, is Tribes and Sean starts on Watch the Throne? Because I love Watch the Throne. I still listen to niggas in Paris. Yeah. Once a month. That uh, makes you want to kick over some buildings and like become a Super Saiyan or some shit. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. My thoughts on Watch the Throne, like when it dropped, like I remember hearing Otis a lot on radio. Hearing Otis. And like for me, like when I first heard Otis, it was a thing of wait a minute. These cats just took Otis Redding's voice and a quick little guitar riff. They turned Otis Redding's voice into a fucking instrument. And Jay not ready to leave. Shocked too. I'm supposed to be locked up too. You escape, but I 
people are like, oh, that's too simple. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, people don't understand. I tried to like explain this, explain this to friends years ago, like with Ella Fitzgerald. Like Errol, Ella Fitzgerald, when she would do those riffs and whatnot, like her voice was just not a voice. It was an instrument, you know, and it's not just singing. It's making music with, you know, you know, you know, with her mouth. And they turn Otis Redding into an instrument and put him on a mixing board. And that really blew my fucking mind. You know what I mean? Like, people say, oh, this simple. It's not simple. That's hard as fuck. They think yes. it's simple because they don't understand. Like, people, they, this is where you can get to some matrix shit. This is like some motherfuckers just, just walking around and you don't even see in the code. Yes, he turned one of the dopest performances by freaking Otis Redding vocally on wax. And he just cut that shit up and made a whole goddamn beat out of it. And it gets you hype. Yeah. It yeah, gets like, you hype. Like, that's, there's no, like, Jay Z is in the backseat of this song. It's just like, this is a Kanye song featuring Jay Z. Yes. Yes. And, and, I'm, and I'm absolutely fine with that. I have no problem with that at all. You know, and, and people, I think, when they saw the music video, I think they took it the wrong way. And it's just like, oh, look at all this excess, excess, excess to destroying. A, like, it was a Bentley, right? Like, it was a Maybach. A Maybach, thank you, thank you. It, you know, they destroyed a Maybach and they're just stunting and all this other stuff. And it's just like, it's wasteful, wasteful, wasteful. I'm like, no, 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 y'all don't get it. Like, y'all don't get it. Like, this was like a throw, to me, it was like a throwback. You know, it, it was like a throwback type song, but. Still, the intricacies in the production of that, I'm like, yo, this is fucking amazing. Why are people bitching about this? It's like fucking waste men, man. Just fucking just pissing me off about that shit. Like, this song is great. Otis was in my head, in all sincerity, was in my head for like three months. Like, I didn't really listen to Watch the Throne until September, about October. Late October, I really listened to Watch the Throne. And then... That's really because I, like, I would hear No Church in the Wild in commercials and on trailers and shit, but I didn't listen to it. When I listened to that album, like No Church in the Wild, like they introduced me to Frank Ocean. Like I knew like Frank Ocean was part of like our future, but I never really listened to Frank Ocean. And so hearing No Church in the Wild, once again, it's a production thing.
man made it striped like a zebra. I call that jungle fever. You on that control the threesome, just roll the weed up until I get me some. We formed a new religion, no sins as long as there's permission. And deception is the only felony to never fuck nobody without telling me. Sunglasses and Advil, last night was mad real. Sun coming up 5 a.m., I wonder if they got calves still. Think about the girl in all leopard. Who was rubbing the wood like Kiki Shepard? Two tattoos, one red, no apologies. The other said love is cursed by monogamy. That's something that the pastor don't preach. That's something that a teacher can't teach. When we die, the money we can't keep. But we probably spend it all because the pain ain't cheap. Preach. Human beings in a mind. What's a mind to a this album, I love this record. Yeah, it's got, it's got some um, it's got some missteps. Like that's my bitch. Like that's a really massive misstep. Ah, but I love that song though. <laughs> I I like I the, love that song. Like I love the production. I love the production. I just don't care for the track. And maybe because I'm older now. Like I'm older, and so it's like because I've heard that before. You know what I mean? Like so maybe because I'm older. But like I love niggas in Paris though. For the one line that like everybody just took and they made it a thing, that shit cray. Come on. Like <laughs> like like the term cray and cray cray. Like once niggas in Paris came out, I'm seeing cartoons, TV shows, commercials. Man, fucking Gravity Falls. Mabel went to went to went to her grandpa and was like, "Why are you acting so cray cray?" <laughs> <laughs> you you know that someone. You know what? I have issues because I don't even like cray cray. Like I don't yeah. like the like it was fun for like a week. I'd be like, yo, that's just crayons. You know what I'm saying? That shit Crayola. Yeah. Like after like a week, after like seven days, it'd be like, nah. What I like about that shit cray is that it could be, could it that could be a subtle like wink and a nod to the cray brothers that was them gangsters over there. It was. That's what it was. That's what Jay Z like, said, isn't it? That's that shit's all so about. I was like, yo, that shit crazy. That means they just running up, getting everybody for all this shit. I was like, so like you just say, oh, that shit's crazy. Like, nah, nah, you don't really like that shit's crazy. But that shit's that shit's crazy. Like I'm about to hit you with the butt of this gun real quick and take you for all your jewels. <laughs> you know, um, the next Tom Hardy film, Legend, yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's about the craze. Mm. That's the Kray Twins. He plays both of the Kray Twins. Because he's Tom Hardy. Because he's, he's absolute thoroughbred. Which is going to be a decent movie. Um, I've got to say, just before I forget, um, my favourite track on that album, mainly because of the production, is uh, the Beyonce track, Lift Off. Yeah. That tune is just yeah. transcendent. Yeah, man. I, I hear that song, and I, I literally just want to pick up a car and throw it. Yeah, he's like some superhero music. Yes. No, like, Yo, you know what? I only like that joint when it's screwed and chopped. Mm. <laughs> of course mm. you do. <laughs> like, I don't, you like, are the king of screwed and chopped. Here's my, here's my thing. Every time Beyonce is on what is quote unquote a Jay Z song, it's not good. Every time Jay Z yes. is on a Beyonce song, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, but what about if they're both featuring on what I've considered to be a Kanye West album? We've That's got why a it's lot half, of Jay-Z features. It's, it's half and half. That's why, like, that joint is all right. But, like, that's why I fuck with something with, um... It's not, uh, that's my bitch, because it's like, um... What's the name of the, the artist who sings the hook? First of all, I was fucking with her album that, that year. Uh, shit. Like, who was... Like, damn it, what's her name? 
Is it? It's not Tiana Taylor, is it? Uh, it's like Ellie Jack. She's like a British dude. She, a British chick. She did that. Um, Ellie Golden. Oh, Larue. Larue. I was like, ah, oh. oh. like Larue. That was my shit. I was like, they got Larue on this joint. I was like, kick over a table, drop kick, do a leg drop. <laughs> Ugh, I was like, full freaking every special move in a wrestling. And I was like, yeah, Q-Tip was on that one. Q-Tip helped produce that one, too. That was like, like Q-Tip was really into the, the good music fold. I was like, oh, this show got the nice little beats. No, not only that, though, but depending on what version you got, like, there was also that one song was a Pete Rock joint called The Joy. Joy? Yeah, because oh, that was a good, that was a good Friday. Joint. That was a good Friday release. Friday? Okay, okay. Okay. It was a bonus track, Joy. Uh, on the UK version of Watch the Throne, it comes as a bonus track. Okay. The, the, anything that samples Curtis Mayfield is just a win in my book. Yo, not only that, but greatest artist ever. But yo, it, it had Uncle Charlie. It had Uncle Charlie. Yeah, that's Uncle Charlie. My thing was Pete Rock, because like Jay Z never rounded up with Pete Rock before. Yes, yes. That was the big thing. It was like, hold on, wait, 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 what? And I think it's one of the the better last stage Jay-Z career lyrics. Yeah. Uh, if we're in the final act of Jay-Z's career, we're talking say 2010 onwards, it's one of the better rhymes of his actually. Now, I will say this, like uh, we haven't heard um Tribe's opinion on Watch the Throne. I need to, I, I need to hear his take as well. Well, <laughs> I haven't listened to this record since it came out, and I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I, you know, I'm not surprised. No, no, no. That's a divisive album. Yeah, this it's a very divisive. Album. Yes. Yeah. Like, like so, so production-wise. A lot of it is really good. Like, No Church in the Wild is fucking indisputable. As far as I'm concerned, that beat is absolutely insane. Like, but I'm, I've always been a lyrics guy. And for me, what this album represents is two very, not only capable, but excellent MCs, just at their very worst. And what, what the album does do very well is show how much fun they were having making it. Like, I just, like, if I close my eyes and listen to this record, I can hear the smiles on their faces and them just laughing with each other in the studio as they're making some of the dumbest songs either of them have ever made. <laughs> Isn't that great, though? In a way, yes. In a way, absolutely, yes, it is great. But... It's, it's it's just not, it's not what I want to hear from either of them, and I like personally I could never get past the excess of it, um, and and I, I had never heard your like your your take on it just now, which is why I honestly asked, do you think the record was was self aware, um, and so like the fact that you you do the fact that you guys do makes me have to listen to it again in that light. This is why I like us doing this. 
like the biggest problem I've always had with like a lot of podcasts, especially comic book podcasts. Um, that's why I really don't listen to a lot of comic book podcasts, if any, anymore. Is that it's a thing of oh, you all have to like it, mm-hmm. or you all have to hate it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you better, better like Fifty Six Nights Tribe. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Oh shit! You but like <laughs> no, but like, but, but that's the cool thing, though. But no, Julian's right. This album is this album. Well, like with all Kanye records, you know, very divisive, very divisive, and like some people just hate because it's Kanye. You know what I mean? Like, but there there are those who like you know when, like when when uh, when Tribe put his opinion on it. He didn't like it, but he's like, "Here's why," and like, I'm yeah. good with it. Like, I'm good with like, I'm good with that as long as you you got a reason. Like, if you just hate Kanye, then that's not really a reason for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I fucking love Kanye. Like, yeah, I think he's as far as, far as mainstream, mainstream rappers, rappers before Kendrick Lamar came out, he was the best pure MC in the mainstream consciousness. Mm. Like, he was the best rapper that most people who listen to rap were aware of. Yeah. And, and and this, this album, album is such a drop off of quality of rapping, uh, which yeah, is I'll, it's I'll the biggest reason I didn't like it. it. Yeah, it's not strong East. <laughs> That's true. No, it follows that thing. I think that was that was the point. It's like when he was making Good Fridays, up to like um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was like the best combination of the two. It had the most solid lyricals, lyrics. And the most solid overall production. Ever since then, his albums have been split between the two. Yeah. So like like right now, like whenever Swish comes out, I don't know which kind of we're gonna get. I don't know if it's gonna be a production album like Yeezus, mm-hmm. or it's gonna be a lyrical based album. See, I've got a theory on Swish. I think it's gonna be like a a musical version of a, a Brooklyn-based art installation. It's gonna be weird. Like, honest, I, I, that's the only way. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Gonna be so highbrow, it's gonna go over most people's heads. I really believe that. Based on Wolves, which was, all day I don't even think it's gonna be on the album. I think Wolves will be. Um, yeah, I don't think All Day's gonna be on it either. Like, it's I been out that's for- just a drop, yeah. Just that so he just dropped out there like, but yeah, I think it's going to be really, really like highbrow, and it's going to go over a lot of people's heads. If 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 you think that Jesus was like out there in terms of what like what he did, I think this is gonna he's gonna double down on that. I really do. I just think he likes fucking with people and challenging himself as far as he physically can go, and I like that about him. He definitely he definitely is one who pushes himself. He's very self-motivated, which is something that rap doesn't have a whole lot of. Did um, did you guys see his uh, Glastonbury performance? I did. No. No. Okay, right. you, you guys know about Glastonbury though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the one that the, the, the dude like crashed it, like came in with a parachute or something? No, no, I know what you're talking about, but that's not that. Um, what the hell was that? That was a few year, couple of years back, wasn't it? I, was it? Wait, wait, oh, like wait. a year or so ago. Didn't yeah, a com- like didn't a comedian or a TV personality jump on stage? On Jesus, and yeah, yeah, on Kanye's performance. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Idiot over here. Right, so Glastonbury is basically, just imagine Coachella, but with, without the asshole Californian girls, 
that are whole English girls and men for that record. But like, you know, he's like, he's, he's just a British Coachella that's been around a lot longer, it's a lot of tradition. But it is also, you know, young 15 year old girls wearing like Apache headdresses and stuff that you just think, oh my days, what's going on? But Kanye headlined this year, yeah, and it was. It was such a fascinating thing to watch, and if you can find it on the internet, I implore you to find it. It, it was uh, the most Kanye, it was everything I expected from him, yeah? It, it was wonderful when he played all his hits, new tunes, old tunes, but there were times when like, halfway through like the first verse, he was like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this. So let's start again, in the middle of a performance in front of 100,000 people. Like, it, it was just unbelievable. He he made like three or four mistakes, but it was like, it was unmistakable Kanye style mistakes. Like, he'd be like, I can't hear the bass properly. No, no, wait, wait let's, let's start this record again. Halfway through a tune in front of 100,000 people. And then he had this bit where he did touch the sky, where he, he went up on a giant crane and then halfway up, like the crane broke down and he had a bit of a temper tantrum. It, it was just fascinating to watch. And I implore you to watch it for all the mistakes and all the great things that he did in it. It was just like, Wow, there's no one in the world who could have got away with that. Anyone else would have made those mistakes and people would have been just like, your career's over. But he just, I don't know what it is about him. He's, and at the end of, at the, end of the whole performance, yeah, he spent a minute going, I am the greatest rock star in the world. <laughs> he said it about 20 times, yeah? And like, like you could just see people just like, like some people were like, yeah, you are the greatest rock star. And other people were just like, what? Like there's people who get Kanye and people who don't get Kanye. I think yeah. that's what it is more than anything. I, I also think this like, to be quite honest, if he was putting, if he was putting on the shows he was putting on, and doing the things that he did and he wasn't a rapper and he was more quiet he would be considered the greatest rock star in the world because quite honestly there's this thing right now it's an undercurrent and we're seeing certain artists deal with it he's the only one that i think deal with it publicly it's like honestly straight up and down the biggest music acts in the world are Kanye, Beyonce, Rihanna, and like Taylor Swift. Three out of those four are black, yet they never talk about them and they never award them that way. And then look, if you want to go some further than up. that, you look at the next level of like the people who are just under the biggest pop stars in the world worldwide, and you've got Kendrick Lamar, you've got Drake. yeah Drake, you've got uh, again Nicki Minaj, Nicki yeah. Minaj. All these people are black and they don't get the same. I like I get why Taylor Swift gets what she gets. Like I've listened to her music, I knew the, I know the songs. Like I get it. She yeah, her music is straight up good. Her music yeah, like she did came up country to this. It's like yo, word, I get you. A lot of other people they be bigging up like they the shit. I listen to their shit. I'm like, nah, bro. Like, like, I still hold some type of way when people talk about the Grammys and Kanye walking up and walking back down and then he just going off on E later. It's just like, because fucking Beck's album wasn't as good as the other four. That's right. Who won Best Album again, sorry? Beck. 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 Yeah, this yeah, shit that's, wasn't that's good as fucking Ed Sheridan. 
Yeah. Like, if you're going to put the white dude on stage, at least put the dude who can fucking sing Trap Queen. <laughs> yes, right. Well, but see, yeah, but that, yeah, see yeah. And, and the thing is, it came off that 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 um Grammy to Beck came off as an apology award. You know what yes, I mean? That too. It's like we know Beck deserves a, a joint. Yeah, he should have got that shit ten years ago. <laughs> ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, probably. Yeah. yeah, but still, like the last one, like so I get it. Just to me, when I see Kanye, we 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 lose it. A's, because like he's actually not getting the credit he deserved that he maybe would have gotten in the nineties, and like they they be playing him out, and also sometimes people be fucking up, and he and like other artists he's not going to be silent about it. It's like yo, the fucking crane bro, the fuck, somebody do the job. <laughs> he was pissed off, and actually, other thing about that, which just leading on to what you said, and I, I actually totally agree with that. Just be. The performance because it's on BBC. What are like the BBC have the whole Glastonbury and they basically are it's Kanye West, he's a divisive character. So before his performance, just people in the crowd they're like, Oh, so Kanye West, what do you think about uh, he's playing later on today? And some people were like, Yeah, yeah, he's great, he's great, yeah, I love him. Some people were like, Yeah, I don't like him. But then there was a couple of one guy specifically, and I will remember it forever because like, rap has no place at Glastonbury, which in my brain straight away translated as black people have no place at Glastonbury. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, yes, I, I, yes, I, I, yes. That is what that means. There's a lot of closeted <laughs> racism towards people like Kanye West and even people like Drake and stuff. Like, I think there's a lot of closeted racism towards him. Like, and going to what you were saying earlier, Julian, if he was a white dude who wasn't rapping but was at the same level of fun, he would be treated like, like the most important human being in the world. Like, I really believe that, and I think that there's a lot of closeted racism towards him, and I think that, I, I don't, obviously, I don't think that's right, uh, and I think he's incredibly ignorant, because as you guys said, you look at, you look at who is, not only who are the biggest artists in the world, but even you listen to the most pop of pop records, and they're using 808 kick drums. And they're using like boom back breaks in some of their like the the influence of rap music is unavoidable even in the most ridiculous of pop music you know like, i'm sure there's country and western records that, that have like cribbed off hip-hop oh oh dude man come on man uh big and rich they fucking like lived off of fucking hip-hop for at least a good five six years like because there was like country a dude by the name of john rich and it was a country duo called Big and Rich, and like literally, they took like the hip hop swag look and oh, yeah. like the, the the terminology and all this stuff, and just like incorporated into the country act. They fucking lived off of that shit mm-hmm. for yeah. years. Dr- years. Uh, I had a coworker at the library where I worked who would you know go in the in the circulation room and just put on country music on Pandora and so you'd get shit like uh was it Lady Antebellum which is the most racist name <laughs> like just straight up racist I've ever heard in my entire life so Lady Antebellum but yeah them uh people like Florida Georgia Line uh Big and Rich and basically all of contemporary country it's it's rap it's it's exactly what rap was talking about like five years ago Mm-hmm. It's like R&B music. Yeah. yeah. So Thank Zenon. I don't have to deal with that. Praise Scientology. <laughs> that I don't have to deal with that music. That like, is... it's, it's, it's weird because that's the point where it's like when they made a big deal about Taylor Swift like becoming a pop artist. It's like, yo, hold up. 
When was she not just a straight pop artist? Because the way her music sounds was like, it'll go between, I guess, what you would consider a country ballad to just a straight pop song. But a pop song now is just R&B from 1999. Yep. Like, like, she's working with like, she was working with some of the best producers that worked with Britney Spears and everybody, like Max Martin and all them. So like, yeah, of course her song, like, like the beats on "We Will Never Ever Get Back Together," like, like that's that has hard bass and serious drums on it. I was like, the fuck, this shit is hard. Like, like, of course this shit is popular. Like, oh, you you do realize you just said never ever ever getting back together, and this is hard. That shit is when you hear the you hear the beat when it's hot. Like, like you like, like, like yeah, like this is and like shake it off, shake it off is like yeah, come on, that's that's R and B song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or, or or better yet, or better yet, when you listen to like you hear Bad Blood, it's like oh, I didn't know she was doing Lord. Oh, how, I have issues with Lord too. Yes. Oh, like yes. She's mad young, so I let it pass. Yes. Then, yeah. Yeah, but Bad Blood. Do they even play the regular version of Bad Blood? No. No, like they like here. Play the Kendrick Lamar. They just play the Kendrick Lamar one here. That's the only one they play. Unless you listen to a pop station. If you listen to a pure pop station, they're not going to play the Kendrick one. They're not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all white everything. But if you like like the R&B stations and the hybrid stations that will do pop, hip hop and R&B and a little yeah. bit of country, they'll play they'll just play the straight up Kendrick version. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. It was the same with uh, Justin Bieber and Ludacris. Mhm. Mm. That's that's Ludacris's most successful song. That's yeah. crazy. Is the Justin Bieber song? That's that is fucking. It's like it's it's a racism that's not even veiled. Yeah, it's just so blatant and so obvious. Like the thing with me with 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 Watch the Throne. Watch the Throne. If you put it in context, is like, do they have thrones? Yes, but. They don't have the Iron Throne. So like, like Kai and Jay-Z, they the king of the north. Or some Game of Thrones shit. They ain't sitting in, they ain't sitting in the throne of Westeros. Cause it don't matter how high you get, you can't get to the top. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that's, uh, uh, you know what? A, a really weird full circle on all this, yeah? Okay, so let's this, this use the Game of Thrones talk, yeah? All right, Dr. Dre. Is Ned Stark? My guy's the king of the north, yeah. But uh, Tywin Lannister is Jimmy Iovine. Oh yes, he's the one in the background, not doing a thing, but controlling everything. Controlling everything. And Doctor Dre will never be Tywin Lannister because that's Jimmy Iovine's job, and he will always be that. And that kind of ties into that. Actually, is a nice bow on everything we've been talking about today. No, <laughs> it really is. Because, like, you know, that's a. That was a, like on the low. Who has profited the most off of rap music the last twenty years? Oh, Jimmy Ivey, without a doubt. It's Jimmy Ivey. We can talk about the Jerry Hellers. We can even talk about the Liar Cohens. Yeah. Oh, real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, look at it. If yeah, he didn't make those deals for death for, for death row, which then led to aftermath, which led to Eminem, which led to everything the fuck else, which led to Fifty Cent, which led to G Unit, which led to Beats, which led to Apple, is that's the that's the magic. 
And that's how he is pure Tywin Lannister. You read an article about how Dr. Dre's raps first billionaire, and it's Dr. Dre, rare, 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 rare. Dr. Dre, this is his discography. This is how much money he's made. Oh yeah, also Jimmy Iovine's also made a couple of billion out of this. Just a quick sentence <laughs> at the bottom, like, he's the guy pulling the strings that no one ever talks about. Yeah, and not only that, but people fail to realize, people forget that like, the beat stuff, there's so much money through Beats, not just through Apple buying it for like 3.2 billion, but you know the deal they had with Monster, which Jimmy was able to find the loophole to get out of that deal, for them to then you know work out that deal with HP, for them to then have their own thing, uh, you know, as just Beats alone, and to then get Apple money, and to then be on the Apple board. Mm-hmm. Like, which is you, unbelievable. Like, do you know how many levels of money that is? That is unbelievable. Well, they're the biggest company in the world. Apple are officially the biggest company in the world. And they are on some issue free of Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy sort of bullshit of Corporation <laughs> X taking over the entire world. Is it issue three or issue four? I forget. Where one day Apple are just going to go, do you know what? Yeah, we run this shit. And what are we going to do? Because we've all got... I'm talking to you guys today through Skype on my Apple phone. That's probably why my connection is a bit shittier than the rest of all you guys. But <laughs> well, I'm on my They Apple run the computer. world. This is what I'm saying. They run the world. Like, I'm using the Surface Pro 3, Microsoft motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Domino! Bam! <laughs> but nah, like I'm saying, like, like yo, like... And for real, for real, to, to continue it on, like, like Apple, really, realistically, when they got Jimmy Iovine and they got Trent Reznor and a bunch of other people on the low from the music industry, and they got Zane Lowe, they're in this thing that they're going to become the music industry. Yeah, people record labels like, are dead. Like, like, all right, well, Universal Music is still owned probably by the, par- the par- parent company, probably still is, like, whoever owns Universal, which would be Comcast. But, so, like, Apple can't really buy Comcast because it's got too much weight. But for the most part, everybody else is you just working out, eventually you just working out deals with Apple and, like, what, Google and Amazon. Like, like, I, like I don't understand, like, right now, I just look at it business-wise and I just, like, like I don't know who's gonna stop them. Like they 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 about to fuck up the radio industry. Like yeah. this Beats One Radio, cause all right over there in other places y'all got decent radio. You got BBC and all them. They got some good radio. Yeah, it's you know, all right. America, it's all right. Yo, compared to what we got, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot better. Yeah. It's a lot better. Like, but you know, you t- you saying that, and just before I forget, a couple of like a couple of my friends rap. Like I got guys I work with who are casual rap fans. Like they'll listen to the new Jay Z record. Oh yeah, Tay Tay, I tried to uh, listen to that new Dr. Dre record on Spotify Spotify last night and I couldn't find it. It's like, of course you can't. Apple run that. Apple run that show now. That's it. Apple are a record label. They're a record label. If they're doing things like that, they are a record label. Yes. You can't get it on Spotify. You can't even find um, any Compton. Don't, I tried to put um, some, uh, like just some YouTube clips uh, or SoundCloud clips up on my Tumblr, uh, Cobra Toes, if anyone wants to follow me on t- Tumblr, <laughs> yeah, yeah, quick shameless plug. Um, no, no, no Compton on YouTube, no Compton on SoundCloud. That is shut down, totally shut down. You can only get it from Apple Music. So, you know, that's they one just, way. They just let it on other services, Google Play, 
radio and title. Oh, and title as well, yeah. Yeah, we okay. we get why because it's first of all it costs twenty dollars to really use that shit, and it's artist on so whatever. We all know the title ain't got long for this work. No. No, but no, but no, I will no. say this though. I will say this though. Even though it may or may not be long for this world, it's good to have as many options as possible. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. True. It was it was a bad business decision. First of all, you can't charge people twenty dollars for some shit they can do for ten. <laughs> right? No, I agree. I agree with it. Yeah, I agree with that sincerely. You know, so but there needs to be options, and so that's why like, in the beginning, like when everybody was giving title shit, I was just like, you know. The thing is, you, there needs to be more than than one streaming business, always, you know. So it, that's the way it, that's the way it should be. So like, I'm like, I just really don't, like the price wise. Like I said, I understand. I'm like, yo, this don't make no sense. But I'm like, there's no need to shit all over it. But I mean, but this is the culture. This is the culture that that this country and this world has developed. People shit all over it because they don't want to pay anything. Yes. And as a person that's been using Spotify as a hit in America from jump. The free tier is mad new, and that's the version most people use. Yeah. I get why they use it because motherfuckers is broke. Yes, yes, and they can't really afford to give somebody ten dollars a month just to listen to shit when they can turn on the radio. And supposedly it's quote unquote free, but radio sucks. Yes. So let me use the Spotify. I look at people all the time and listen to Spotify to hear commercials. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You ain't got $10. You got the new shoes, though. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but you know what as well? I think you have to bear in mind, we, we come from the, the most recent generation. A lot of the most genera- uh, most recent generation come from the days of Napster and Kazaa and Bearshare. And, uh, and they haven't paid for music in over a decade. <laughs> so why would they not just go for Spotify free and just stomach an advert every now and again? Like I've, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've got Spotify free uh, for free on my PlayStation 4, but I literally, I've just got playlists of, you'd be so proud of me, Sean, just Elbiv <laughs> Defoe. <laughs> like that is yes. it for me nothing else like straight up and down 80s and early 90s new jack swing and that's all i use my spotify for mm. but, 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 but i'm not paying ten dollars a month for it get out of here no way I'm, you know i'm already paying a, a, like x amount a month for this and another 10 pounds a month for that and then now with this, I, I, I admit I've signed up to Apple Music and I'm in for that for the long haul because that is a pretty good service. So I'm not going to spread myself thin doing all of these services at once. And that's where Tidal, Tidal are going to die. And I also think Tidal built with Rodgers own back. All these great artists signed up for it. Where, where's the exclusive Beyonce album or the exclusive Jay-Z album only on Tidal? If your biggest, I am the biggest Prince fan you will ever meet. I've seen him twice live. I think he's, he's an incredible human being and a great artist. But if your biggest exclusive is exclusive rights to the next Prince album and it's not 1984, like, <laughs> get out of here. What are you talking about? It's not, unless you're coming out with Sign of the Times and going back in time to release it again, new Prince records aren't doing anything for anyone. That's your biggest exclusive? No way. Title was done. It, the, real, the real crescendo thing was the fact that Dre was like, yo, we putting title, we putting out Compton next week. 
Apple Music exclusively. Yeah. I bet you how many people they signed up was like, yo, I gotta hear this Dre album. Yeah. People were telling people was like, yo, yo, how can I hear this this new Dre album? It's not on Spotify. It's like because he's a, a senior vice president at Apple. It's not coming on anything else. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. it goes back to what I said before, 25 million streams in the first week. So that's 25 million streams for Apple and no one else. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's big business. Yeah. That's it's not big. talking about probably how many streams they got for when Drake broke, broke the game and put out four new songs on a Saturday afternoon. And I saw my Twitter explode like... Oh, he's responding, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, did you hear me? The real joint was, did you hear Hotline Bling, though? Did you hear his cha-cha remix, though? That was the real thing, like, oh, shit. No, you, you know the jam. The jam's uh, the, what's that African boy's tune with Skepta and Drake? Oh, Kanada. No. Oh, remix. Oh, my days. That is the jam. What did you say, Julian? I didn't hear you. Oh, you like That's That joint still ain't out officially. That's on the radio over here all the time. We had a family barbecue about two weeks ago, and that tune come on, and it was like, oh, that is barbecue. It's, so it's on Beats 1 all the time. That shit ain't on the store. That shit ain't on Connect. That shit ain't on Spotify. I'm like, these, ah, I want to flip a table over. Like, that's all fire. <laughs> Okay, but, that's it on my playlist. I'm like, oh, have, have you um just as a side? I can't really say it's too too. Have you that's seen the uh, Wiz Kid? Or you like the remix with Drake and Skepta? It's fire. It's fire. Have you seen um the Instagram of Alicia Keys dancing to it? Mm. No, I yeah. bet you good though. Yeah, go and fix up. Go and fix up yourself on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my gift to the world. Graham, <laughs> oh, I gotta search the gram. <laughs> oh damn! Yeah, shit. Yo, that's the real hit now. With like, when songs can be made off of just Instagram posts by like beautiful recording artists. I remember when I first saw that that damn post by uh, Beyonce dancing to the cha cha. And I was like, oh, that song is about to be played. Uh, stop. Yes. Yeah. Was, flick of the wrist was that, wasn't it? Yo, look at the flick of the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> that was Yo. a wine, really. It was a wine before it was a hit. I teach middle school now. And uh, like I was, I was in the school at the end of the last semester, and every single one of the students at my school were singing that song. Every single one. See, if I was a science teacher, I'd be using that shit effectively. All right, look at the snap. Look at the wrist. 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 Before we go though, we're gonna run down the line to make sure, you know, for people that are interested in like what y'all do outside of the pod this podcast episode, how they can find you on the internets and uh, you know, and find out more about y'all. Uh Tribe One, where can they find you on the internets and where can they get your music? Uh you can find me my website is tribeone.net. Uh, I just put out a new album with my friend Michael Kill. Uh you can find it at two weeks notice.bandcamp.com. 
Uh, I'm also in a band called Malibu Shark Attack. Find it at malibusharkattack.bandcamp.com. And then my solo music is tribe1.bandcamp.com. And then I'm also in a group called The Remnant. You can go to theremnant.bandcamp.com. All right. Sounds scary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taylor, where uh, can people find you on the internet, sir? Okay, cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Taylor Pivers. Um, that's with a TH in Pivers. Excuse my East London accent. Um, I just talk about rap music and fighting, not fighting in general, like UFC and boxing and trainers. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Randy underscore Buttonups eighty four. Um, that's some adventure time shit for you guys out there who know about Randy Buttonups. Um, that is also pictures of trainers and food and rap album covers and just mad selfies of myself looking fly, wearing pink, like, looking like Cameron in two thousand and two. Um, and also on Tumblr, find uh, my Tumblr, it's called Cobra Toes. Um, getting quite a lot of new followers, so uh, got getting a lot of love over there. Again, that's trainers, rap music, uh, a lot of art. Um, I've kind of on a new artist embargo because they all seem to be hired by Marvel. So I'm straight up and down Bronze Age at the moment. And manga, which I just want to say just before I go, Best comic I've read all year is One Punch Man. Hop up and down on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That uh, One Punch Man is is serious. Uh, I started reading it and uh, it is uh, it's quite good. It's dope actually. Like I like I don't like I'll take that over over a superhero comic any day of the week, man. Like it's the best superhero comic on the stand. Yeah, it is. It, it, he it, runs it, it, up it really like a guy and he's like consecutive normal punches. <laughs> 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 That's right. Then the bad guy's done. What more? <laughs> yeah, it's dope. He'd be like, he'd be like side side jumps and he's like, like what? And be like it's over. Yeah. <laughs> We ain't no class C, B, or A. We are class S. Goddamn right. Yes. All right, Julian, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on the internet, uh, Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E. That's my handle on every social media thing. Um, If you, I talk about stuff. My uh, podcast is ignorant-bliss.com. It's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. If people want to use SoundCloud, because I'm on it. Um, if you want to hear what I'm listening to, I make playlists on Spotify. Type my name in. Look at what I have my playlist. My some playlist is five hours long. It's all the new shit you didn't listen to. <laughs> That's all cool. the new shit that you think about in the past. I got all the shit that came out in the in the entire summer in that joint. Except Yo, for that. I just followed you on Spotify. Yes, except for that goddamn Oyu Legba song from Wiz Kid, Drake, and Skepta, because it ain't on the internet. My shit is incomplete. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you can find me on there. You can listen to me. I might make a comic again, but Marvel kind of ruined that shit for me for a while. 
Yeah, you just find me on you just find me on the internet and listen to my podcast and then listen to me on this when we talk about the hippity hop music and, and, and shoes because we talk yeah. like clearly when me and Taylor get on the on the microphone we talk about shoes. Yeah, and, and and I and I have Julian and Taylor to thank to, to both thank for my shoe addiction now. So oh, oh to hate on it depends on where you feel how your wallet's feeling. Oh, oh, my wallet's not feeling it. Let, let's keep it one hundred. My wallet is angry, but my feet feel good though. Well, there you go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, but thank you, gentlemen, so much uh, for being on this episode. It means it means the world to me uh, to hear uh, Team Tundra back together again. Yo, thank you, man. These are these are my favorite conversations to have. So thank you for having us back. Cool. Yes. Cool. We gotta do it again in the, in the fall time. Hopefully, we get a new Frank Ocean and and, and a new Kanye album. We gotta come back together. We gotta re-team up. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. that should that should be mad heavy. Absolutely. We gotta talk about R and B music because the weekend album dropped this week. Miguel's album already came out, and there's a whole lot of other cool people like Kalani with with joints is out. Like, yeah, if we get that Frank Ocean, this might be one of the best R and B years in a long time. A long ass time. Uh, just uh, another one on my top ten this year. I don't even know. How to, is it Tanisha or Tinashe? Tinashe, yeah, right. Uh, who, her newest EP, Amethyst. She put it out for free. Ridiculous. Um, DJ Dahi produces on that as well. So I, I, I can officially say this: living in Lexington, that's where she's from. Hmm. Okay. Tanashi is from Lexington, so uh, I was like, she's cute. She has a little yeah. young thing. Yeah, man, she's awesome, man. She's 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 pretty awesome. So I'm like, because like I was just like looking, I was like, who's Tanashi? I was like, let me look up Tanashi. She's like from Lexington, Kentucky. I was like, represent. <laughs> Listen, she's dope as well. She's young. And like she's one of the few, not that being young is a, a good precursor for anything, but she's one of the few R&B artists that writes all her own jams herself. Like she uses outside producers, but she's got no co-writers, and she she's she's gully man. There's also there's also that's awesome. Yeah. Publishers write. <laughs> yeah, but but like yeah. there's also um, Alicia Cara. She has a song called Here. Yeah, it's been blowing up. Yeah. Apple, yeah. Thanks, thanks to Apple Music, it's been blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that song is great, though. That song is absolutely song. great. It's a good song. But yo, Kalani from the Bay, she got some strong joints. She got a joint out there with Chance the Rapper out right now. Mm. Fire. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I Kalani. She's a rap. Oh yeah. See, we we done school people. Huh? We we just gave we just gave y'all more music. So go listen to it. Go listen to it. Like absorb this three hours of content we just gave you, and go listen to some more music. And go outside. Go outside. Go live. Fifty six nights, baby. All day. <laughs> All day. You know what? Double I got to plug. I got to plug my album of the year. It came out in March. It's by Chesky. C e s c h i, and it's called Broken Bone Ballads. That is my album of the year. Mm. Broken Bone Ballads. Broken bone. Put that joy in my notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put that down now. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's got a lot to live up to, tribe. And that concludes this week's Black Box. The Black Box is a member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at HHWLOD.com, where you can download previous episodes of this podcast, as well as Donnie Salvo's Tales from the Attic and John Carroll's The Carroll Chronicles. This podcast is also available on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment. You can also reach the podcast at blackboxpodcast1 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next episode, dream big, hustle hard, and never stop.